Lord. You listen to Garage Hammer. Episode 141. On tonight's episode, Fat Manling is all by himself. That's right, folks. For the first time in five and almost a half years, he's all by himself, sitting alone in his basement. Lonely and pathetic. Gonna be talking to himself. Pretending someone's listening. <laughs> oh, just, oh, oh, just shut it. You've got to hear this. Just shut it and listen to this show. Welcome to the garage, you tools. For the next few hours, I'll be doing the best I can to share with you my love of tabletop wargaming and probably some of my various other fandoms. Bringing you Dracothians, Star Drakes, and the Extremist Chambers. I'm Dave Whitek, and tonight, for the first time, I have no one to introduce you to. I am here alone. All by myself! Oh, yeah, I know. That was horrendous right there. And that's that's what you're gonna That's what you're getting tonight! Expect more of the same of that nonsense. Um, yeah, I got no no one uh, lined up. I couldn't figure out exactly when I was going to record. I couldn't set a time. Couldn't set a thing. Didn't know what I was going to do. So here we are. <laughs> um, so yeah. So let's see how this goes. Because um, wow, I'm a little nervous. I have to admit. Uh, I don't have anyone to bounce stupid jokes off of or uh, or chit-chat with or have any other one to uh, to carry the conversation or answer stupid questions that I may pose. It's all just me and my dumb opinions for the next, oh, I don't know. <laughs> okay. So let's take a moment to thank our sponsors because, yeah, th- yeah somebody paid for this. Uh, so let's thank them. Uh, as you know, our sponsors, our generous, wonderful, fantastic sponsors are Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois, Mersha Miniatures, that's M-I-E-R-C-E hyphen miniatures.com, Mantic Games, they're building bigger armies, uh, the TC War, uh, TC War Room in Traverse City, Michigan, you ain't wrong, and of course, Battle foam protecting your army. Yeah. Oh, so uh, and uh, if you listen to the other episode, uh, uh, I guess Romeo announced that there would be uh, someone new taking over 40K Radio, and I guess it's going to be Geek Nation Tours is now going to be running 40K Radio. So that's uh, that's kind of cool, kind of exciting. We'll see see what happens with that. all right, so where do we go from there? Uh, from there, we go to voicemail. And uh, we have voicemail. And if you if you don't know we have voicemail by now, you're just not paying attention. I mean, that's basically what it comes down to. So I will give you the number again for those of you who aren't paying attention. And that voicemail is 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. That's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. International callers for most countries... You can dial zero zero 
1-877-GH-SHOW-6. And if you can't afford a phone that has letters next to the numbers, or if your phone just doesn't have letters next to the numbers, that would be 757-441-4696. Yeah, so... um, I did get a voicemail from someone, and, uh, dude, it was fantastic. Uh, I got someone, um, and they, uh, they're they uh, actually getting through to me, and they are going to be helping out, um, and looks like uh, someone's helping out Kira with uh, some ogres so that she can start playing Age of Sigmar, so... This is going to be fantastic. That's right. It was uh, Michael Hicks. Michael Hicks down in Georgia. So I just want to give a shout out to Michael Hicks, uh, fan and friend of the show, helping out the next generation of gamers, getting their ogres on here in the uh, in the age of Sigmar, which is just uh, just fantastic, just really wonderful. Also, uh, still getting really friendly and nice emails. I uh, want to give a shout-out to James Wilson and Andrew Bennett uh, for their kind emails. Got another email today. Uh, people are just catching up. Uh, listen, Just listen to episode 137 again. Hey, just listen to one of them. Say, say hey. So thank you to everyone for all the kind and friendly emails. Um, people writing in to point out that their gaming groups are going. And people... Um, who have been writing in and saying that they like the new website. Uh, For those of you who haven't checked it out, uh, please do. Uh, The new Garage Hammer website is uh, all sorts of awesome, actually. It's really cool. Um, Really loving the new website. Um, If you haven't checked it out, I I think it looks pretty good. Daniel did an amazing job on the... uh, on the on the uh, website and the new forum, if you haven't uh, gone to the new forums, please do, because they're all sorts of awesome. Um, come check it out. Uh, we'd love to have you on there. So, having said all of that stuff, why don't we take a quick break? Come back, and um, we do have a uh, a guest on just uh, for the beginning of the news and rumors segment. And when we come back, we'll have a quick guest and then get to the uh, the bulk of the news and rumors. So we'll be right back. Folks, it's Dave. Are you looking for that special model to add to your army? A monstrous creature or maybe a character model? Something unusual that not everybody else is fielding on their table? Well, then you should check out Mierce Miniatures at MierceMiniatures.com. Their Darklands line is full of some of the most fantastic creature models you'll ever see. And with the success of their recent Kickstarter, those models will be perfect for you to play in their forthcoming Darklands game. So whether you're looking for a new skirmish level game to play with lots of cool monstrous creatures, or you're just looking for that extra special model to add to your existing games line, Mears Miniatures is really worth your time. Check them out at Mears-Miniatures.com and seriously guys, you'll be glad you did. 
We are back, or I am back. But back is where where it's at. It's back, and it's time for a little news and rumors brought to you by Chaos Orc Superstore, folks. And before we get into the news and rumors, and dude, there's a lot of news. We got dragons and stuff, but uh, I got a little personal news. This ain't no rumor, folks. This is hot off the press news. And to help me introduce my my news, uh, I'm bringing on a new friend of the show, Kevin Jacoby. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, David. Longtime listener. Uh, love the show. Ooh, thank I actually love you. what you do here. Thank you very much. Now, Kevin, you uh, you actually contacted me, uh, and um, you uh, you contacted me through uh, through Herner, Steve Herner. Yeah, yeah Steve. And um, so you, why don't you tell uh, the listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? I mean, obviously, you're playing some AOS if you're on this uh, podcast. But uh, what did you do with uh, Herner that uh, that got you through to me? Well, actually, it's weird because I know I got through to you through Steve, but really it was through you I got to Steve because he was on one of your episodes okay. uh, about talking about Holy Wars. And uh, I've been following from last year the tables he made because uh, I like sculpting and designing tables. And uh, he's he's amazing. He's a genius when it comes to that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. The theme, everything together. So um, we contacted him and said, hey, uh, we're uh, we're a company. We do accessories and terrain and that sort of thing. Is uh, do you have swag you can give out to uh, the participants and that sort of thing? And they didn't have uh, a lot of stuff going on. So we said, you know what? We have some swag there. We want to start getting our, our name out more, especially in the states. Uh, we're from Canada, eh? so uh, <laughs> we're on the border though. So as long as no walls are built between us, we can get our stuff over there really easy. So no problem at all. That's so, the northern uh, yeah. border. So we don't. Yeah, there's no walls going up there. Apparently, that's, <laughs> I that's, hope not. You know. I don't climb very well. <laughs> I'm one of the fat gamers. <laughs> but yeah, so we set him down. Uh, we we um, got his logo from him, and we made up some custom uh, measuring gauge from Age of Sigmar, and uh, some tokens, and uh, gave them a bunch of bases as well to pass out to get people off those squares and onto the rounds. Uh, the way it should look for Age of Sigmar. <laughs> and yeah, and um, it's been fantastic so far. So we definitely, we had to go back to the source of all the, the positive energy of Age of Sigmar right here in North America, back to Garage Hammer. That would be me. Say, Thank you. Yeah, put our money where our mouth is and support the show. Yeah, so um, yeah, so you, you guys contacted me and said, yeah. hey, we've got some stuff. We'd like to show you what we did with Herner. And I said, ah, sure, you know, I'll send me some stuff. I'll take a look at it. And in the mail came this bag, and it's it's got some, uh, it's got the uh, the what is it, the thirty twos or the forties? What are the stormcast on there on forties? Oh, forties, forties. So the the forty mil bases, so that way when I when I go and double down and do the interchangeable bases for my stormcast, because I'm mm-hmm. dumb like that. Um, <laughs> now I've got the backups, the extras, which is going to be great. Well, um, get some but, ovals for the cavalry too now. Oh yeah, I I got one box. I've only got two. Uh, I'm not, and by the time people are listening to this, I have the dragon. <laughs> yeah, nice. Oh, I'm so excited about that dragon. By the time they are hear you going to keep the wings, or are you going to s- switch around the wings on the thing? I don't. I'm, I'm not that big on the converting thing. Oh, and okay. honestly, in the pictures, I don't mind the wings. I don't mind the wings at the at the you know they're at that sort of odd angle where they're kind of flipped down a bit. Um, the only thing in the picture because I haven't seen it yet that I'm a little worried about, and I know we're getting yeah. ahead of ourselves, is that the the armor on the on the legs. It's got that weird like boxy look to it. Like it just seems like they squared off the corners of the armor. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, why is it squared off? Like everything else is curved. Like why would you square that off? It just doesn't seem to fit right, or it doesn't seem like it goes on right. But that's 
that's just me. That's the one part that I'm nervous about. And the it could be the painting. Me. It could just been the paint job, right? It so could we'll be. see when it comes out. How many times in the past two, three years have we looked at models in the pictures and been like, oh, and then you see it in person and go, oh, that looks a lot different in person. So Yeah. Exactly. So, exactly. Hey, I'm getting a dragon. I had never had a dragon in any of the armies. Well, that's not <laughs> true. The vampires had a dragon, but it was never an awesome huge dragon. Um now I got an awesome huge dragon that I'm getting <laughs> that I'm picking up tomorrow. So I'm excited. Um but yeah, so you guys sent us that, and then included were these plastic uh, objective markers, six objective markers, and two of the measuring uh, things, not the not the solid metal thirty five dollar ones, but no. similar. They have the half inch, the one inch, the two and the three inch measuring thing. One for me, one for Harrison. Yeah, uh, it's got the six squared. Studios logo on it, and it had the Garage Hammer logo on it. And you gotta have like, Garage Hammer on things, guys. Like, no worries what? at all. <laughs> and I, I opened it up because, like, I wasn't expecting that. I opened it up. I'm like, oh, there's gonna be bases in it. I pull. I was like, what is this? And dude, they are sharp. And folks, if you haven't seen them, um, it's the iTunes image uh, for the show, and actually, uh, it should be. It's the image for this episode. So if you're on the on the website, um. If you've seen the new website, shameless plug, shameless plug, go to the new website and the entire page is the episode. Uh, like the the sl- it's no longer the slider that it used to be. Just in the middle of the page, the whole page slides, and so that's just the episodes go from you know full page pictures and it's it's the it's the uh, the stuff you guys made us and sent to me. God, they're fantastic. Like they look oh, so nice. Like yeah, and. Um, that's great, and I I told you guys I thought it was great, and so you guys are going to be coming on, it, and you've signed on um, as sponsors of the show now. So Six Squared Studios, you guys are going to very shortly, probably next episode, be going to have you know a new commercial for Six Squared, and and um, all your all your custom uh, you know custom cut base and needs and and other things. So what do you guys do now? I got the MDF, the MDF board, right? The custom yeah. cut bases yeah. so for uh, americans would be like the hardboard stuff so this stuff actually you can you can cut you can actually cut into and sculpt if you wanted to but it's it's nice solid it's not the flaky mdf oh it's so more like it's more like the british um uh, like in canada and britain that's the mdf uh it's it's sdf actually here okay and it's nice and thick so it's it's consistent so it's, it gives you a good edge to it, it it's kind of like the stuff that like i know the infinity stuff when you buy those uh infinity uh terrain the, those wooden ter- you got to pop out yeah, all the exactly, and link them exactly together like that, it's that right. material exactly yeah yeah so we do that sort of stuff like i'm looking my uh my day company sort of thing i was able to uh buy uh, 80 watt co2 lasers so we do a lot of custom uh tokens like acrylics and things like that we do uh do up some trophies for local events here because we really try to support uh the local hobby scene here up here in uh canada um nothing big like uh holy wars yet but we're, we're getting there we're getting <laughs> there um but yeah so we do that sort of thing but actually we started all this was uh through sculpting terrain uh we actually we sculpt in cast in resin uh, our stuff because we've been doing tables for different uh small indie companies so we play a lot of different games up here at our club we're pretty lucky that way uh we have a couple of diehards like myself and my business partner brad uh our business partner dan doesn't play age of sigmar but brad and i have been huge gw fra- uh, fans since like we were kids uh so we've been around for a long time on this one and uh we would do tables up and people would want to buy our tables and i don't want to give my stuff away so it's like we had to figure out, okay, well, how can we uh, make castings of this? And 
so we can, when people want to buy it, they could get the stuff. So we start off with our resin casting and then start getting into bases. And yeah, we'll keep on advancing. We're trying to do some more hybrid uh, train kits now. So it's a cross between MDF and resin. Uh, okay. MDF's awesome, but it has that angular feel, which I could never really get past. So adding some resin to those piece, those kits will give me that uh, organic feel where you need it on, on some of the some things we're trying to do. Nice, very yeah. nice. Now, if people want to see this stuff and they want to go and they want to go look for it and see it, where can they go? Uh, they can go to our website. So they can go to Six Squared Studios. That's number six squaredstudios.ca. Uh, follow us on Facebook too. We put up images and works in progress all the time. Um, yeah, go take a look at that. And uh, we're pretty lucky that we have some great connections with, like I said, the local uh, conventions that we send them and uh, support and sponsor them. So they uh, put our stuff up on their sites too. So we love doing custom work or being challenged. So we try to keep on expanding and, and learning from the hobby. Well, it's fantastic. And like I said, by not this episode, but by next episode, um, there should be a link on the sponsors page. You'll have the six squared logo up there. Click on that, folks. It'll take you right to it. Um, we'll have more information next episode on all their stuff, but uh, and uh, you should be able to. You know, there will be links in the uh, show notes, like with all the other sponsors, right over to their website and check them out. Because, dude, I, I mean, I got my measuring tool now, and I use that, <laughs> and uh, um, I love it. And like I said, those and those little, um, those. <laughs> I just, like I said, the objective markers were great because I need objective markers. And it's like, oh, I got a little custom garage hammer once now. This is so nice. Uh, so, we'll, we'll get you some more stuff down there too, Dave. Cool. We have, uh, we have all our things like the charge tokens and that sort of stuff too. So keep track of things. Cool. Make it look good on the table. We'll get you a set of those down there. Yeah, no worries. You'll be getting surprise packages every now and again from us up, up here in Canada. So I always no love surprises. I love surprises <laughs> from everywhere. So yeah, a surprise package from Canada works for me. It's fantastic. So, yeah, folks, that's, that is my special news and rumors news. So, um, oh, okay, we already, we, already, we already talked about it. So they, the new release is the Dragon. And by the time – now, we're talking about this, um, but I'm not going to have it till tomorrow. So I'm going to hold off on that because we're doing the magic of editing here. I'm going to talk about – I'm going to unbox my Dragon on the air. Nice. Uh, tomorrow nice. when I open it. But um, – what do you play? I mean, you, you're painting. I know we just talked before. You're painting ogres. Yeah, I was at a uh, Cold Wars in Pennsylvania this past weekend, and uh, I found through at their uh, Wally's basement, it's kind of like their uh, flea market area. I found a guy selling uh, ogres, and I picked up enough to do 15 points clash comp of those. So for our next tournament in May, I have a painting challenge with my uh, buddy Brad to see if we can get our uh, brand new army painted. I'm a Tomb King guy. And uh, oh, I'm not getting rid of them. I'm not burning them or anything stupid like that. I'm not, uh, <laughs> but I want I want keep with the fluff in that sort of thing. So I'll use it for legacy games. But I want to do something uh, that's current that just goes along with the fluff that's going on. Oh yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah so that's yeah. I'm like I said. I'm excited. I'm working this Stormcast army like crazy. So. Right. I'm very excited to see see what I'm going to be unpacking tomorrow. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm really interested in seeing uh, seeing that model, seeing uh, what can be done beyond the paint job they have. Because right now it really looks aquatic, and I'm a little worried about it, especially with uh, that Batman Super movie. I'm afraid if I put it on the table, Aquaman's going to ask it to go and fight monsters in the fjords somewhere in Norway. <laughs> it just it's just uh, I, I just can't get my head around that one. And the other models in that army are so freaking brilliant. 
So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Especially yeah. your new calf. I can't wait to see those all painted up. Oh well, yeah. I've st- they're still in the box because okay. I've got everything else, and I'm 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 trying to I'm trying to muscle through the painting. I don't want to start opening and putting things together that I can't paint. Especially because, like, I've got all those, uh, you know, because I traded up for the box sets, and I got the you know the the guys on the Drakoth already. Right. And I actually flipped over to the how to paint it on the Warhammer TV, so I could get the inside cloaks done. Right. Because the the Liberators, the champions have the inside of the cloaks, but there's nothing. Mm-hmm. The how to paint is just a stock guy, so there's no inside of the cloak for him. So I had to flip to the other video, and he's like, all right, now I've assembled it, but I haven't put him on his Drakoth so that way I could paint it completely. And I'm like, don't! <laughs> so, uh, so I was like, okay, I don't want that, to. And that, that's one of the problems that I have is because I'm like so, like, I never, you know, I don't. I don't keep even close to up with the painting. I like right. build it, prime. I build it, prime it, and play with it. Like, right. you know, because I mean, I play at home. No, no, my friends don't really care that much. You know, they just want to yeah. play. There's no right or wrong. It's your hobby, right? right. If you're exactly. enjoying it that way, do it that and, way. And now that I'm getting here, where I'm actually getting in and I'm painting it, and I'm doing a good job with these. Awesome. I'm starting to see where you know, if I did leave the shields off. I probably could have done this a lot easier and made it look a little bit nicer. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, okay, I'm not building this stuff until I get to around. I'm going to actually paint it, you know, because I'm still working on all this other stuff. So I'm actually, I'm, I'm learning patience and, and, and also not just going out and buying everything helter skelter. It's like, I'm not right. going to even get to open that for a while. Let's get through this. And it's actually that of all things has really motivated me to keep painting and get my stormcast painted because I've got these damned fire slayers that I haven't even built yet. Right. Because I'm not allowing myself to do it until I get this stuff painted that I started. I'm, you know, focusing on one project at a time. And it's actually like, well, I want to get this project done because I've got this other stuff sitting here in boxes that's, you know, driving me nuts. So are you painting towards a goal? Is there a tournament coming up that you need to paint an army for? Or? No, I said last year I don't paint towards tournaments, and then I got made fun of by Rotor for about six months because he means uh-huh. well. It's, now you stopped painting. That's your yeah. your 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 mantra sucks, um, <laughs> and it did. Um, but it was basically I said I'm not painting for tournaments because when I paint for tournaments I rush and it doesn't look right. good, and I just want to get better. And when I right. rush, I'm not getting better. Mm. Um, so now I'm just. I mean, I would love to have it done in time for Adepticon. But I don't think it will be because that's in like six days and I'm just finishing with the core guys. Um, but so it's just like I'm just chugging along and I will eventually use them. When they're done, they will be the ar- the very next tournament that I'm signed up for. When these guys are done, they're going to. Nice. So it's like nice. the faster I get them done, the sooner I can take them to tournaments. That's like my thing. So it's like I, I you know I'd like to get them done before June. Because mm-hmm. I know we, I, I don't even know if I'll get to play them, but I'd like to have them as my ringer army for. Uh, I'm hoping to run a uh, before Blood in the Sun, like a one day uh, primer, primer, and have them there for sort of like the ringer army. Nice. Okay. Know, at least have them painted. So that's that. I guess that's the goal for them. But it's like it doesn't have to be done. It's right. Like, I'm I'm painting them because I want to get better at painting. And, and that's what I have to do. Like I have to set that as my goal. Otherwise, I'm just I'm just going to rush them, and I know that's what I'm going to do. 
So yeah, I'm pretty lucky. I've, I've been paying for quite a while. So, but I've been lucky to be able to go down for the past six years to ReaperCon uh, down in Texas for nice. Reaper Miniatures, and you get to have those uh, one-on-one sessions with these amazing, amazing artists. Like Waffles is there. You have uh, Victoria from uh, Victoria Miniatures from Australia. You have all these different people, Rhonda Bender, all these amazing artists that you get to learn from and show them your stuff, and they show you techniques and you're actually painting on the models with them. So. Yeah. My thing is, is I have to learn how to paint faster. So that's what this challenge is about. Because roughly, we do clash comp up here. Though Southwest is looking really neat. Yeah, uh, the South Coast stuff is—it's yeah. it's just a little more complete. It's—it's it's obviously mm-hmm. it's based off of that. And you got to give Mo credit for what he did. Oh, amazing! But, yeah, you know, you let—I mean, you set Russ and Dan and Wayne, and put those three heads into it, and it's like, okay, wow, they really came out with, you yeah. know. Exactly, just a little more, amazing. a little more variance, and also gives a little more balance between infantry monsters and heroes too, depending on the scenario. So yep. it's a little different that. But regardless, uh, so we're doing fifteen points. Second, we can make. So I think I figure I have to do three clash uh, comp points worth of models a week to keep up, plus my sculpting and other duties for uh, six squared, and of course my day job sort of stuff. So it's going to be a busy time. So. I think I can get done. I'm just trying to teach myself to paint faster. I have nothing but faith in you. I've oh, never seen I, you paint you know, a thing, I'm on the but forums. you can do it. I'm on the forums. I'm going to put progress up there. Keep it so going. We'll Absolutely. It I will, And I will be watching. And what's your name on the Garage Hammer forums in case anybody wants to see your work? Mini Canuck. Mini Canuck. Perfect. There we go. And on that, I want to thank you for coming on, man. I really appreciate you coming on. Well, thank you, and thank you what you do for the hobby, too. Like, there's a lot of negativity that came out over this past year, and you kept it real. You weren't a fanboy in your, your oh, positiveness, yes, but you still gave <laughs> us you gave us something to anchor ourselves on, saying, we're not stupid. We like this game, and someone else does, too. So thank you so much for what you've been doing. <laughs> well, so, I appreciate it. Really thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. And, um, yeah, that's great. Thank you so much. And like I said, folks, check them out at sixsquaredstudios.ca. And, um, Kevin, thanks for coming on. I will talk to you soon, brother. All right. Talk to you soon. Take it easy. All right. Bye now. Okay. So let's uh, move on to the news and rumors that have nothing to do with me and my egomania. Um, okay. So the Dracothian Guard are out since we spoke last. The Star Drake's out. Stormcast Extremis is out. I have picked up all of them. Um I actually read the Stormcast Eternals Extremis book, and I have my Dracothian Guard, and I did pick up a uh, a Star Drake, and uh, I like them. They're pretty cool looking. Uh, you know, I'm a little hinky on the armor on the Star Drake, um, and the poses are a little bit static. They all seem to be. Oh, uh, well, I mean the Star Drake. Uh, I don't mind the wings. I don't mind the head. I don't mind the neck. The armor's got a, a weird sort of angularity to it that seems strange on a creature that's supposed to be so fluid. Um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it just seems a little off to me when I look at it. I, I'm not 100% certain about it. Plus, I just wish that we had a couple of options for, I don't know, maybe a, maybe a place where you could put where, where the, maybe some shoulder blades options so that the wings could be posed differently easily or a couple of uh, uh, places to put just some options for the legs so they could be posed a little differently. And I realize you got to put them on the 
on the base, and so they got to be somewhere. But just having them, they all seem to have to be in the same kind of spot. Um, I suppose you could change up the uh, the basing. Uh, you know what they're standing on to make it look a little different, but they're all kind of standing in the same place, and they're just standing there and screaming, and shouting, or, or looking around. Um, same thing with the Dracothian guard; they're uh, they're all sort of they're a little static. I mean, they look good. Don't get me wrong; I like them, but they're not like you know those wolf guard the 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 what are they the the space wolves. Those wolves, those Fenrisian wolves, they are running. And these Dracothian guards are more sort of, uh, I don't know, they look like they're, they're ready to march in a parade. Um, I like the models. They just look very static. So uh, while I like them, I'm not going to give them the full-on double thumbs up rave um, because they are a little bit static. Uh, but that, that having been said, they are really pretty kits, and um, and they go to they go together nicely. Uh, and uh, as far as the uh, the extremist book comes, we're going to talk more about that later in the show. I've had a chance to read it. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about my thoughts about uh, the story and the things that are going on uh, with this uh, sort of expansion on the Stormcast Eternals battle tome. So we will come back to that now that's the releases the uh, pre-orders uh in this week's uh white dwarf and the pre-orders are up now in fact they should be out um if not well when you're listening to this they might already be out uh the gore chosen champions and i believe these are just the variations on the uh already uh listed in the in the book um if if i am correct these guys are already listed in the, uh, I believe their PDFs are um, are already there, basically. They're really, I just, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, 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 I'm blanking a little bit because I'm looking at them here on the website. And these guys are just, man, they're good looking, you know? They really are. Uh, the Slaughter Priest with the Hack Blade and the Wrath Hammer is... Good looking. Now, let me take a quick look at the PDF just to make sure I'm right here. Um, oh, the, is it a slightly different? I don't. What does the other Slaughter Priest one look like? I don't think this is very different from the other Slaughter Priest. I didn't think it was, at least. Let's look under the Chaos Grand Alliance. Corn Bloodbound. Bloop. Here's the poop, and here's the dupe, and look for these guys, and there they are. Slaughter Priest. Here's the first one, and there's your PDF, and it's opening, and is it very different? I don't think so. Blood fuel prayers, scorn of sword. It looks the same. It's just yeah, it's just the weapon's different. So it's 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 a variation that you can get. Um, but otherwise it's it's cool. Um, man, I just like the look of this model though. It's just sharp. I mean, it's really sharp. <laughs> Um, especially, I'll tell you the one I really like because this the 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 uh, slaughter priest with the hack blade is is pretty cool. Um, the aspiring death bringer, 
Uh, it looks nice. But man, the exalted Deathbringer with the impaling spear. I like him with the alternate head with the scars and the long beard and the long hair. The, the guy that looks like Rob Zombie. Um, man, just he's just kind of awesome. I like this model a lot. Um, he, yeah, he's, oh, yes, he's carrying a lot of skulls. But uh, this is just a really nice. Him with the impaling spear is just a really nice model. I think all three of these are 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 big hits. I think that they're really kind of hitting it out of the park with these these corn blood bound. Um, if I were into you know the corn uh, chaos stuff, I'd be I'd be going nuts right now because these guys are just they're, they're slick. These guys look really good. I'm really um, I'm really happy with these with these new models i think they look great um so i can't complain one bit each of them are 30 bucks you can order the uh you can order all three for 90 um i don't understand the uh benefit of ordering them the web store exclusive um you can order them as a web store exclusive in a single click and uh there you go. You get uh, all three for the same price. But, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, no special deals. Well, what are you going to do? So, um, yeah, these are just really cool. The, like I said, I, I really do like this. And um, so, can't complain. Can't complain. Also, uh, Grand Alliance Order. This is the big... The big news. Grand Alliance Order is being released this coming Friday, uh, the Friday of Adepticon, um, Friday, April, or Saturday, Saturday, sorry, Saturday, April 2nd, um, Grand Alliance Order is being released, and it's got a whopping 175 War Scrolls and 16 Formations. Now, 175 War Scrolls is cutting it down considering you're going to have uh, Seraphon, Elves, Dwarden, Humans, and Stormcast in there. So, um, I was kind of surprised. Yeah, Stormcast, the Seraphon, oh, the Sylvaneth. Yeah, Fire Slayers, Dwarfs, Dark Elves, High Elves, Wood Elves, Empire. But now, yeah, so they got it kind of listed as all the armies of order. Um, obviously, this is going to, I think this is going to change to the their proper names soon. Um, but yeah, down to 175 War Scrolls. So obviously, some things aren't making it. Uh, you'll notice one name that's not in there are Bretonians. In fact, the only thing listed under the Grand Order Alliance is the Bretonian PDF. Um, all their models are gone. They're all under last chance to buy. Now, I'm clicking on it right now. Last chance to buy order 92 listings under order. Uh, that's just so many. So many. Um, it kind of actually, and I'm going to say this, dude, it kind of shocked me. Kind of shocked me. Um, what all is on this list? Um, it's it's kind of crazy when we get into the 
the uh, the grand scheme of what it, what all is on this list and what's here and, and what's going away. So um, let's let's look at it real quick. Now, ninety two kits, like I said. Now, some of them, I mean, ninety two seems like a lot, but let's let's really take a look at this. You got ninety two kits that are being listed as going away. Some of them are duplicate kits, um, you know. But so, uh, three of those are battalions. Battalions, uh, the High Elf Battalion, the Empire Battalion, the Bretonian Battalion. At the time I'm recording this, the only one left available is the High Elf Battalion. Um, so those battalions are going to be gone. Get them while they last. The battalions are going to be gone. Okay. So, and then there's three uh, lists that are just bits. Um, there's a, a shield bits. Then there's uh, like uh, what is it? Yeah, one is uh, the 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 Tracian shield upgrades, and then there's a Dark Elf shield pack and Dragon Wings. So you take that six kits right there, that down to eighty six kits. Then I kind of went through and counted, and if you count kits that are named characters or lords or heroes, that's fifty of the kits right there of the eighty six remaining. Fifty kits. Um, I'm surprised. It's, I thought it's like everybody. I mean, everybody's going. Like anybody who's got a name is going. The weird thing is, some of these people have been named in the books. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, dude, are some of these guys getting a, a, a kit, a new kit? Um, are they not getting a kit at all? Uh, I, I, you, I don't know. Uh, I know that they've already. Oh, total side thing, the Warhammer Age of Sigmar uh, app, um, already has updated. Like as soon as they announced that it was coming out, they updated the app. Uh, the new names for things are already listed there. Um, the problem is they've also listed. They've they've still got listed. Um, the models that aren't going to be there anymore, like the the Vaulton three pack, is still listed, even though it's going to be gone. Um, some of the people who are going to stay got new names, um, which I thought was interesting. Um, the Dwarf Lord got a new name. Um, things like that. Uh, Araloth, I think, is staying. Good for him. Um, couple other characters are staying, um, but so I'm not exactly certain if some of these characters might just be getting new models later. Um, that's the weird thing because you would think like some of these characters, I mean, Malekith just went on. In fact, Malekith is sold out. Sisters of the Twilight are sold out. Prince Imric. He's gone. Thorak Ironbrow, Thorgrim Grudgebearer, uh, King Lewin Leoncor, Balthazar Gelt, Marius Leetdorf. I mean, they're all they're going. Tyrion, Teclis, Marathi, Fey Enchantress, uh, the Green Knight, Kurt Helborg, Orion. Oh, Ludwig Schwartzhelm's still there. Poor Ludwig Schwartzhelm. Dude, nobody gives that guy any respect. I like Ludwig Schwartzhelm. You guys are dicks. Um, buy, buy him. Somebody buy him. Poor Ludwig. Eltharian. Um, Dwarf Lord with Shield Bearers. 
Damsels of the Lady. Then you got the general, just generic characters, sold out, sold out, sold out. Sold out, sold out, sold out. Thane with the the dwarf BSB is still there. Teclis is sold out. Alariel sold out. Prince Althrin sold out. Corhill sold out. You know who's not on this list? Karadrian. Karadrian's not. He made the cut. Go figure. Like he's still here. Uh, Marcus Wolfhart's gone. Um, Alethanar's gone. Lokir Felhart's gone. Uh, so sad. Bugman's gone. Poor Bugman. They just, you know, but so 50, but 50 of the remaining 86 are lords and heroes and characters. Then there's like uh, five random or six random packs or five random packs. The dwarf adventurers. Like you know the old school ones, like the dwarfs on the stilts and stuff. Which if you know if you're if you're a collector, okay. But even I don't have those. Like whatever. Uh, the cold one without a rider. The Pegasus without a rider. The three pack of battle pilgrims to add to your reliquary if you want to have little guys out on the extras. Uh, the drunken dwarfs. Like if you're really still a, a collector, those are all gone. So now we're down to thirty one kits. Um, all eight of the Bretonian non-character kits are gone. Grail Knights, Questing Knights, Knights Errant, Treb, Peg Knights, Grail Reliquary, Men-at-Arms, and Peasant Bowman, all gone. Um, you take all that out, you're down to like only 23 kits, and that's 23 quit kits between Wood Elves, High Elves, Dark Elves, Dwarfs, and Empire. So it's actually, you, you know, you're losing about four or five kits per army. And and this didn't actually surprise me. Um, they're sort of culling out the things that don't quite fit anymore without re re removing uh, the entire army. Um, now, I know I just glossed over the fact that the Bretonians are gone. I know I did that. Um, and I, I'm sad the Bretonians are gone. I don't know about you guys. I'm sad the Bretonians are gone. But, Okay, it's weird, and I don't want to offend Bretonian players out there. I really don't. But the fact is, if they were like the most popular army in Warhammer, they wouldn't be gone. We all know that. Okay, this is like that restaurant that that everybody likes but nobody goes to. There was one in my neighborhood. My dad would go there like once every three, four months. He'd stop in and and get something to eat there. And he went by and it was closed. And he was like, "Oh, I love that restaurant," but like he almost never went there. And apparently, nobody else did either because the damn place closed. You know, and it's like, well, if we all loved it, we should have bought more of them because they might have stayed. Now, you don't know that for certain. I mean, they really, maybe they didn't fit the aesthetic. I have a feeling if they were the hottest selling army in in the Warhammer world, they would have found a way to make them stay in some form. Uh, and who knows? Maybe they're bringing something back, maybe something around. Um you know, they might bring the Tomb Kings around in some form. We don't know what they're doing. And we literally have no idea what the plan is. Um, but I kind of get, like, we all kind of saw the writing on the wall with the Bretonians, I think. If we're being honest with ourselves, we saw the writing on the wall with the Bretonians. And as much as nobody likes to see their army go away, um, it is sad. Uh, but, you know, I don't, I, you know, I, I feel bad. But I'm not surprised at the same time. I'm just, if, if I'm being honest with myself and with you guys, that's where I'm at. So let's take a look at the uh, the elves. Now, the elves all lost some stuff. Um, 
And I thought this was interesting because they all lost different stuff. So they all really, I, it almost looks like they're really going to have, it's like they they lost some of the redundancy between the armies. So they all become a little more specialized, maybe. Maybe that's the plan, or maybe you're going to have, you know, maybe you, so you, you can overlap them, or maybe they're just getting rid of old kits. We don't know. Again, although with only 176 scrolls, uh, again, I'm thinking these are kits that are at least, at the very least, going away for now. Um, so what did we lose? We lost the tree kin from the Wood Elves. That's like the first one, because that's really a Sylvaneth loss, technically. I just don't get why we're losing the tree kin. I mean, I know they're fine cast. I know the sculpts are old. Um, and I haven't seen the book yet. I'm kind of hoping that for some reason they're still in the book. Maybe they're just getting rid of this sculpt. And that's where they're on last chance to buy. Although if you click on Sylvaneth, they're not listed there. It's uh, the Sylvaneth Woods, the the big tree lord, and the uh, the dryads and the branch wraith. That's it. There are no tree kin listed there. Of course, if they're on last chance to buy and they don't have a new model for it, why would they list it there? So that doesn't actually prove anything, I guess is my point. Um, I'm sad to see them go because I loved the tree kin. I actually liked the tree kin models. They were kind of wonky looking, but I liked them. And I loved the tree kin. They just, they, they served that purpose of that middle thing between having just a bunch of dryads and then having giant tree monsters. Um, they were actually my favorite part of the of the forest spirits, so I was sad that they were on the chopping block. But then let's look at the other kits that are going away for the Wood Elves. Uh, Way Watchers, uh, Warhawk Riders, Glade Riders, and the Glade Riders kind of surprised me. They're keeping the uh, Wild Riders, but the Glade Riders uh, become a redundancy, I guess. You get one type of, 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 of cav unit. And uh, the War Dancers and the War Dancer Command. There's two separate listings, so I'm listing them both. So War Dancers and War Dancers. So War Dancers, Way Watchers, Warhawk Riders, and Glade Riders. Um, all gone for the Wood Elves. Keeping all the new kits, basically. And um, keeping them mostly uh, on foot, bow and arrow type, you know, Wood Elf models. Um, which is then interesting because when we go to the High Elves, the High Elves lost like all their core, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, you lose the Silverhelms, you lose the Lothar and Seaguard, the Spearmen, and the Archers. So you lose their you lose their bows, you lose their spears, and you lose their combo. You lose the Silverhelms, you lose the Bolt Throwers, and the Great Eagles. So all of that goes away from the High Elves. What are you left with? You're left with your your three cousins. Your, you know, your Phoenix Guard, your your White Lions, and your Swordmasters. Um, you got your Flying Chariots, your regular Chariots, and you've got your Phoenixes, basically. Um, it's 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 a pretty it's pretty solid. You're keeping the best stuff. Um, do you need archers when you've got Wood Elf archers? Probably not. So they go bye-bye. Don't need them. Um, the bolt thrower's gone. Uh, but the dark elf bolt thrower's gone too. So they lose their bolt throwers. 
Um, they're not going to have any heavy artillery, apparently, and let they don't they don't need it. They just don't. Um, but so you get an interesting calling here. You've still got the dragon riders, so you got the one cav again. Um, but you lose the the high elf stuff that's sort of redundant in the other armies, because the dark elves basically only lose harpies, shades, and bolt throwers. Um, which is, I mean, it makes sense though, because their spearmen are also their swordmen and their other, I mean, that's that multi kit that just came out. Uh, they keep the executioners, they keep the, um, all, all basically all the, the really, the cool stuff that they've got. Um, and why not keep the dark elves? I mean, if you're keeping Malorian or whatever Malekith's new name is, even though you got rid of that model, I'm assuming they're going to get a new God, they've got to have some sort of a leader, right? I mean, they literally just called all the all the high elf characters, and the I mean, and the dark elf. I mean, Teclis is gone, Tyrion's gone, Malekith's gone. I mean, who are you going to have? Now, I suppose I could sit around and go carefully, and I could have actually prepared, I guess, for this show and gone through and looked through on my phone through every single listing under the order, uh, and looked for all the elf things and see, you know. What's there still, and what what's what it's called, and you know who's got a thing left, and if they've got a name or a different name, yeah, yeah, you know what? Forget about it. Oh, the Carmine Dragon and the Dread Saurian are still there, which is cool from the uh, from the um, what you call it uh, from the Monsters Arcanum. Um, but yeah, I don't see any special listing. For uh, any special named characters for the that I haven't seen before, Archmage on a Dragon, Drake Seer. That's interesting. The Drake Seer. What is a Drake Seer? Oh, it looks like a Mage on a Dragon. A Drake Seer is a Mage on a Dragon. He's got the Sun Staff, Magical Flames, Warrior Mage. Yep, it's a. Uh, huh. Yeah, it's a fire dragon mage, dude. That's awful exciting. Um I don't know. I think I'm I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised to see this. I'm just I can't I can't say I'm surprised. Um then we get to the dwarfs. Uh the dwarfs lose all their named characters. They lose a lot of the extra character models that we had. Uh, there used to be tons of different types of little dwarf character models, but now, since you don't customize, um, they lost a lot of those. Um, what else did we lose? We lost our miners. No more miners. You don't dig on things that are half planets, half floating disks in space. You can't dig. You, you might dig through to the bottom of the disk, and then you're floating through, and then if you're not saved by a flying dragon, then you're in trouble. So, you know, you're out of luck. What are you going to do? Uh, we also lost all of our heavy artillery except for the cannon slash organ gun combo. The one plastic kit. Okay. Yeah. You lost the flame cannon, the grudge thrower, and the bolt thrower. You lost all the fine cast and the metal uh, war machines. All gone. So I thought that was interesting. Um, the uh, warriors, the quarrelers, the thunderers, they're all stayed the same. Um, they did change the name of the Dwarf Lord to the Warden King 
they did change the name of the Dragon Slayer to the Unforged, which is uh, what? Like what? Huh? What? What is this? Um, I don't know what that's supposed to be. Um, you know, you gotta you gotta rename everything, I guess. Uh, it's it's pretty weird to call him Slayer. I honestly thought that guy was just gonna flip over to the. Uh, I thought he was gonna flip to the other to the Fire Slayers because he's got a big Slayer crest and stuff. Nope, he stays with the with the Dwarden. So I don't know what this guy is about. Um, they march to seek their doom with a pair of runic axes. Okie doke. They just uh. Hey, I, I go for it. Whatever. I'm I'm easy like Sunday morning. I really am. So I just I thought it was weird that they took these guys and gave them a new name, and that's all they did with them. Like we didn't worry about, you know, the fact that oh I don't know, you know, it's a freaking Slayer. But okay. So the dwarves don't really lose much. They lose a lot of their heavy artillery, but hey, we've still got a cannon and we've got an organ gun. And I'll take those. I'll take those in spades. We lost the miners. I love miners. Harrison was down here mocking me. Nobody takes miners but you anyway, Dad. I'm like, who do you play with besides me? If your sample area is nobody takes miners but you, then 100% of the people you know take miners. So shut up. Um, but so, yeah, they're gone. Uh, I'm I'm actually kind of pleased. The dwarves really seem to dodge a bullet as far as what they what what was cut from their list. Um, I was worried because so many things did not get updated models. I was worried that the quarrelers or the or the thunderers might wind up getting cut in favor of some other thing, and they didn't. So. I'm uh, I'm pleased. Also, the pictures look like they're on 25s. Yeah, buddy. I know people are already posting up pictures. Look, garage hammer. You could start basing them now. Yeah, shut up. I'll get to it when I get to it. I'm painting Stormcast right now. Then I got to build my fire slayers and do them. Then I'm going to get to the rebasing. I may do some rebasing before I get to the fire slayers because, quite frankly, I'm taking my my uh, death army to Adepticon and I haven't even bothered with the rebasing because I'm painting the Stormcasts. And at first I didn't care because everyone's like, oh, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. And now I feel guilty as hell because I'm looking at everybody else and everybody else has their models all, oh, look, I have a rebasing project. I'm Steve Herner. I rebased 800 rats in like 42 minutes. And it's like, well, shh. Jeez, man, if Herner can do that much in like two days, Rotor's got everything rebased, I think, you know, and his looks, you know, you know I won best painted at Adepticon two years in a row. I'm like Mr. Master Painter. I could do anything. And it's like, oh, Dave, did you rebase your crappy, ugly skeletons that can be on a crappy, ugly base because they're crappy, ugly models? Nope, I didn't do nothing. I just bringing them like this. Hope you like squares. I'm, just, ugh, I'm such a dope. I'm just whatever. Um, I gotta stay focused though. That's it. Outside, I gotta stay focused like a laser beam. If I stop painting these stormcasts, they ain't getting done. I can't have five projects at once. I can have a list of projects painting these stormcasts, and they're coming along pretty sharp. I think they look good. I like these models. They're looking good. I'm painting like that guy Duncan or whatever his name is from the video said. 
and I got like I got just the highlights now to go, and they're looking good. But that's for a later segment. I want to get through this one last segment, and then we're going to get through the uh, news and rumors. Empire, what did the Empire lose? Empire lost the free company, which it, it, Harrison's like the what? I'm like you know the goofs with the shovels and the and the and the pitchforks, like you know the, like the guys who aren't in the army, just like. Those models are gone. The knightly orders are gone. So all the guys on horses are gone. Well, when you got demigriffs, you know, you don't need horses, I guess. Um, plus, if you're mixing them up, there's other guys got horses, I guess. I don't know. Hey, we killed off an entire race of people who are just like the horse army. So apparently we don't need too many people on horses. So get rid of their knights as well. There they're gone. And then the mortar and the cannon combo kit are gone, too. Which I thought was kind of crazy, um, especially when you're on the last chance. To, let me go. Let me look through this one last time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, boy, so much stuff is sold out already. I mean, lots of stuff. Oh, look, the free company's not sold out. Uh, let's see. What? In fact, what's left? Let's do this. Uh, Elf Battalion is left. Uh, the the three models for Vaultin are left. I might order that. I love those models. What else is out? Sold out, sold out, sold out, sold out. Schwartzhelm's left, you jerks. High Elf Spearmen are left. High Elf Archers are left. The Free Company are left. Uh, Silverhelms are left. Uh, the Reaper, the, the Dark Elf Bolt Throwers left. Wow, man, just everything else. So the mortar and the great cannons are gone. Are there any other? So it looks like the other cannons are left. Like really, the 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 those unreliable weird cannons are left. Uh, let's see. The dwarf thane is left. The battle standard bearer. That's it. Oh my goodness. Okay. So wait a minute. Of ninety-two listings, one, two. Three, seven, nine. Nine things are left at the time I'm recording this. One high elf battalion, Vaulton, Schwartzhelm and the Free Company. So that's three Empire, uh, the high elf battalion, uh, Spearman, Archer, Silverhelm. So that's three high elf kits. Uh, the Thane with the Battle Standard and the Dark Elf Bolt Thrower. Everything else on the Buy It Now got bought. That's crazy. Three Empire kits, two of them characters. Three High Elf kits. Wow. Last chance to buy. They weren't kidding. That went fast. That really, oh boy, oh boy. Okay, well, whatever. That just, that went fast. All right. You know what? Um, so that's it. I think that's it for the for the news and rumors. We're going to take a break. It's been a long time since a break. And when we come back, we're going to come back with the toolbox brought to you by Chaos Orc Superstore. 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 Okay, I could do this all day and ain't nobody here to stop me. Gas Orc Superstore. 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 Okay, I'll stop now before people get mad.
That's right, folks. Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted boarded miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. Chaos Orc Superstore. And we are back. Yes, we're back. We are here. Who's we? I am back. <laughs> I am back. I'm not even used to saying that because it's not an I. It's usually a we, but it's I. I'm back. Um, and I'm back with the, the with the, the toolbox brought to you by Chaos Rock Superstar. Chaos Rock Superstar. Chaos Rock Superstar. Chaos Rock Superstar. Chaos Rock Superstore. Yes. Chaos Rock Superstore. So, uh, let's see. Um Modeling, yeah, I've been painting my Stormcast, and I've been putting up some pictures on Twitter, and um, God, I'm having fun painting these. And I got to say, there's steps here, and I'm learning. I'm learning a lot of cool things. In fact, uh, when I get to painting some other things now, because I, I have plans for other things, and uh, I think I'm going to be doing a much better job. Like, I'm even, I went back, and I, I was digging through my, my models looking for something, and I, I pulled out my hammerers, and... When I posted that unit of hammers, which is the only unit I've really painted pretty much like last year, um, and I didn't even finish them, but I was putting them up and, and showing them to people, and I was so proud of them. Like, I thought they looked really good, um, and now I'm looking at them going, oh, I should have, there's like so many steps I missed, and so many things I didn't understand, Um I've always been a visual learner when it comes to things like this. Like, I need to see what people are doing. People tell you, you know, thin your paint out until it's milky and, you know, do this and that. And uh, Watching the videos, watching him thin the paint out, watching him pull the paint, watching him say, you're going to need two coats. And they never actually show you two coats. And I, I, some of it I was doing one coat and then watching the video saying where it needs two coats and realizing then I'm like, wow, I probably put my paint on too thick and I could see the parts uh, and that was part of it. it was like some of the shields I did I put my paint on like I could like it wasn't that blue and so I was going back and not thinning it that much or or going back and sort of just I guess doing a second coat even before the first coat was dry just because I was like this isn't thick enough this isn't good this isn't right um, and I'm starting to see the value of that multiple layers multiple coats um, that really thin paint, you're not seeing any brush strokes, you're not seeing any uh, any, any, any thickness to the paint, um, but you're still getting some really beautiful, vivid colors. Um, some of the other things that I've noticed, and I, uh, bear with me here, folks, I mean, maybe this is obvious to people, but it just wasn't to me. Uh, if you ever look at White Dwarf, White Dwarf cracks me up because it'll tell you, like, I'm just going to give you an example with the Liberators. Uh, paint the shields all blue. You're going to need two coats of of blue. And so I, I put on two coats of blue, just this beautiful, you know, ultramarines-looking blue. Um, and so I, I put it on, and uh, 
And uh, then it says to go get uh, null oil. And I get my null oil. And, or is it Agrax Earthshade? One of the two, you know, the, the dark brown or the black uh, uh, wash. And take it and put it on on all the things that aren't gold. So I'm putting it on the on the shields, and I'm watching. It kind of goes pushes it all into the corners. Get it all. Make sure it's really in the corners, kind of thick, because you want to thicken the corners. And I'm like, oh, okay, whatever, thicken the corners. And uh, so I, I paint the whole thing, and I, I, I layer it on pretty heavy. I layer on this wash pretty heavy. Um, and so now the shield is the whole shield is darker. And then I go back and go put the blue back on. Uh, but just don't go up to the edges. Leave the edges so there's a little bit of dark. Um, and I got to be honest with you, I, I barely notice it. I don't see it. Um, I have to really look for it to notice it's there. Uh, I didn't go too close to the edge because on some of the shoulder pads, you can see it a little more easily. Uh, it's not a perfect smooth blend either, which is why I'm noticing it. Um, I'm getting the blue up towards the where the darker shade of black is, and it kind of ends. Um, so there's like a, a bit of a black ring around the edge where it should be darker, but it's not a perfect blend into the blue. Um, but they show you this stuff in White Dwarf, in those little paint guides. It'll show you step one, put on this color. Step two, put on this wash. Step three, put on the first color. And then I'm looking, and I'm like, I don't see any difference from picture one and picture three. Um Maybe in one, one, you know, one or two little tiny spots, there might be a difference, but I don't notice it. Um, but I did the steps anyway, even though I thought they were goofy, even though I didn't uh, buy into it. Um, some places it didn't work very well because you're supposed to wash the whole thing. Uh, the, the grips, the screamer pink, and then you put the wash on the grip, and then you go back with the original screamer pink, and it's supposed to be so much lighter. It's supposed to be highlighting, just go very lightly over the grips, and it's supposed to stand out. I went with it. I lightened it up even further. I went and found a, a pale flesh uh, and, and mixed that in with some of the screamer pink and then went over it again. Not going with white, learning not to go with white to lighten your colors. Find another color that's a lighter tone uh, with some similar tones in it. So I went with a lighter flesh um, to lighten up the pink because you don't just want to go with white because that uh, that's just you know a tint, um, just brightening it up, um, but also can wreck the color in general. Just little things you pick up, I guess. Uh, it helped. It did help with the, with the grips a bit. Um, but I'm just, these are the little things I'm picking up. And it's like, wow, it seems like a really useless step. And it took a long time. It took a long time to put wash on 33 shields and on all the other little uh, parts that aren't gold on this model. And to sit there and wash and wash and wash and wash and wash. Uh, to turn around and go back and put all the original colors back on over with the things I washed. And to look and just find, just see the wash and little tiny cracks and crevices sticking out. And that's it. Um, is there a better way? Maybe, I don't know. You know, could I just go and put the wash just in those corners and leave? Be, be done with it and just not wash the whole thing? Just try to get those wash into the corners and leave the original color where it is so I don't have to put the original color back? Maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know if that'll work. I haven't tried it. I, I don't trust myself. I can barely tell that this is working. But there is a distinct difference between these models and the models I've done before so i gotta trust that these are the reasons 
Um, one of the coolest things was when I first started the model, I had the dark gold, the Retributor armor. And then I went up to, um, then I put on the Reichland flesh shade. So you got the flesh sort of tone. The uh, It's got a bit of orange in it, I believe. Uh, reddish, in you know, reddish orange. Um, I washed the whole model in the flesh shade. Uh, so it's got, now the gold has gotten flat and kind of dark. And then I take the Auric armor gold and I paint over everything that's raised up over that. So it's shiny again, but it's got these sort of darker gold uh, sh shadows in it. And I'm like, oh, that looks really good. And I went in and I made sure when I was putting on this Auric armor gold that I hit all the raised spots, but I made sure to add a little extra to any of the spots that were sort of at the top, trying to make sure you get that little extra highlight, trying to get the light, you know, that would be higher up to make it even lighter. And now I'm getting through with all the basic coats. You know, I've got like something like 18 different colors on this thing already. Um, and it says, go get the Liberator Gold. And I'm shaking that up. And the Liberator Gold is a very silver gold. It's a very pale. And go along every high, every, you know, sharp edge and every raised edge and, and put this stuff on. And man, it seemed like it was going to be a waste. And the first couple I did, I was just like, man, you could barely even see it, barely notice it. But then you put it down next to one that doesn't have it, and it's night and day. Um, so I'm I just if it, I don't know anything about this, I really don't. Like I'm looking at this now, thinking I'm going to have to like I now I'm starting to get the steps that go in, the extra steps, the extra the extra washes, and then putting the original layer back on and stuff like that. Um, I, I feel <laughs> I feel like the priests in 40K. I don't know why it works. I just know it works. I'll do it again and pray to the paint gods. Oh, man. Make sure, please, make this do it again. Hopefully it still works. Because uh, I'm going to definitely try this on my dwarfs, on their shield. I had the white and blue shield patterns. Um, oh, that's another thing. And I had to go to find a, a, a different paint guide to get because some of the character uh, the champions have the capes which you don't see that in the liberator paint guide because the one he's painting doesn't have a cape so I had to go to the Lord Celestine one and going with the gray to the lighter gray to the white to do the inside of the capes and I haven't even done all of those layers yet uh, but I'm going to go back and add them in um, but even the grays are nice thin real thin layers lots of thin layers it takes two or three just to get the gray to cover up the original color, but man, it's so thin and so even and so perfect. And I remember, you know, five, six years ago, um, heck, it was more than that. It was almost seven. You know, Harrison is trying to paint his high elves and I'm trying to show him how to paint. You know, put, put a layer of gray down, now go over it with the white and just the impatience that both of us had and just the thick, clumpy, ugly looking white and how, how annoying it was and how frustrated he was. Uh, and I know Harrison, there ain't no way he's doing three, four layers on the same model to get that nice thin white. So this was kind of a lost cause for the boy. You know, he's, he's not a huge fan of, the, of painting uh, the models anyway. Um, his sisters are more into that. He's more into just playing at this point. But th just the, the, the leaps and bounds you know that I've that I've taken that I feel personally I've taken um, painting up these stormcasts and watching these videos is ridiculous. Um, you know, every time you you paint up an, another army or another set, hopefully you're learning something. You know, hopefully, because I know they say, oh, every time you paint, you learn. You know, you learn a new technique. You learn a little bit. You get a little better. That's not always true. 
Some people are crappy painters and don't get any better. Um, and that's and I'm not and I'm not making fun of anybody. I mean, I yeah, and okay, yes, I know crappy painters. Um, and every time I look at what they do, they don't get any better. Um, but I was also that painter, um, painting stuff, trying stuff out, um, and it was always coming back looking mediocre at best. And I could not figure out why. And nobody could quite explain to me what it was. Like, they'd look at it and people would know. And some people would be like, oh, you need to do this or you need to do that. But once again, just telling me, you know, try to use a thinner paint. You know, try to try to add more layers or more, you know, this or that or the other. I, I just, it, it, I didn't get it. Um, I would love a chance to go back. Uh, if you look at my, my, uh, my, my grave guard. Um, you know, the green, I've got the highlights and there's four or five levels of highlight on that grave guards on their, on their cloaks, on the green, but it's almost like a paint by numbers kit. Cause you can just see every, every layer of highlight I did is so obvious. The next color laid over and where one color stops and one color starts. Um, if I'd have gone a little thinner and maybe gone a little, um, more subtle or even with slightly said slightly thinner on the paint uh it would have might maybe had a more gradual transit transition you know uh that's i think that's my next my next big thing is getting the gradual transitions um you know i'd like to i'd like to play around with my airbrush a little bit and maybe learn how to do some of that stuff but for now i think it's like i'd like to i'd like to master the hand you know the brush you know, uh, by hand, and then and then move to some of this airbrush stuff that I'm going to be doing. I got that new compressor for my birthday, so I really want to start doing more than just base coating with my with my airbrush. I'm kind of all over the place, but I I don't I, I'm not rushing through to 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 let the other guy say what he painted this week because I'm the I'm the guy. So that's that. Um, I gotta well let's, when I'm done with this, I gotta. I got to do a little bit of my uh, those uh, objective markers for Adepticon, and I'm totally like not in the mood. I got to be honest with you. I, I I have those objective markers that I got from Six Squared Studios, and if I could get away with using them, I totally would have. I went and looked last night on the uh, on the Adepticon page to see exactly what size they had to be and what they had to be because I was trying to find any way I could use those instead. I just don't feel like doing anything other than painting these. It's like I want to get this job done. Um, but no, so I'm doing, I'm doing the simplest route possible. Six objective markers. That means I'm going to go find six of the tombstone, uh, on twenties, rip them off twenties, put them on 25s, six tombstones. They'll be the objective markers. I will build one new mantic zombie on a 25. He'll be my messenger. And then I'm going to, I got to have a flag here somewhere. I'll put that on a 40, one of my new 40 mil. Uh, wooden uh, bases that I got from uh, Six Square Studios along with those things. And I should have that done by Friday. That should be simple enough to do, get it wrapped up real quick and uh, out the door. I think that'll be a quick and easy job. I'll have it done. And uh, that'll be that. So that's it for my modeling and painting and stuff. Um for gaming, I have not gotten any practice games in, um, mainly because um, of the timing. Um, I'm actually getting in. I'll be getting in a lot of games the week after 
uh, Adepticon. Uh, I'm going to be on spring break as soon as Adepticon's over. And I have some, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually retiling the floor on the first floor. Um, but that's during the day when the kids are at school. When the kids come home, I'll have activities. But in the evenings, I can play some games because I don't have to get up first thing in the morning um, and be at work at 5.30. So uh, there will be some gaming going on next week. And I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm going to play a little with my Stormcast, a little more. Um, try to get some more things done, but right now I'm I'm more into the painting, and um, I think we've noticed that about me. I am uh, I'm the hobby guy. I like to read the books, I like to read the fluff, I like to do that. I'm not so worried about the other stuff. The other stuff will get here. The other stuff will come. It'll happen. Um, but I'll get some games in shortly, and I'm excited about that. I am not worried about any practice games before Adepticon because I have no intention of being a top table champion. Um, I know the rules. I'm going to play my game. I'll be a middle table champion. I'm purposely taking some of the more expensive uh, models on the list. Not in a gosh or anything like that, but um, some of the more expensive models. So I don't have a huge number of model count um, by keeping it relatively smaller, relatively smaller model count. Uh, I think I'll be able to, um, you know, get my turns moved and all the models moved a little more quickly. Um, and uh, I'm just I'm going to have fun. I just want to go and have fun and and play and promote the the game and 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 have a really good time and see my friends. And I'm so not worried about how well I do so much as just going and having a good time. So I'm not worried about getting practice games in. That's that's just not any not even on my radar. Um. Says modeling, gaming, uh, reading, and other. Um, I'm on the second book of the Earth uh, First Formic War trilogy from Orson Scott Card. It's fantastic. I'm really enjoying it. Having a good time with that. Um, what else? I'm on the third story in the short story novella thing for After Eleanor. Chugging along on that. Trying to get that done sometime this year so we can actually have another episode. I read the Stormcast Eternals Extremist, which will be the last half of the show here. And what else? Uh, that's it for the reading. Um, what about other? Other. Um, started watching season two of Daredevil, and you should watch that. That's all sorts of awesome. That's really good. If you've been watching Daredevil, that's really good. I watched Sense8. Um, that's a cool... I, I finished season one of that. There's only one season out. That's a pretty cool thing, too. Um, give that a shot. The first couple episodes are weird. It's kind of an acquired taste. But once you do acquire a taste for it, it's it's really good. Um, I really, I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Uh, it, it's one of those shows that takes a while to build, though, because there's a lot of weird stuff going on. Um... It's from the Wachowski brothers, or from the Wachowskis, I should say, the guys who brought you The Matrix, and it kind of reminds me uh, in this series of The Matrix, not in any real, you know, it's not like The Matrix really, but just in that, if you remember the first time you watched the first Matrix, how it was sort of like a world, they, they really built this world that was different and sort of surprised you as to where it went. Same thing here. Like I, I wasn't certain where it was going and it took longer to build because they had a whole season to build it. But by the time they got to the end of the first season, I was just like, wow, okay, that's cool. I like where this is going. 
what else? Last thing uh, I did see: Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice. Uh, I've seen it twice now, um, and I liked it. I liked it. Um, at first, I saw it and I thought maybe I was crazy for liking it, like because I'd been told for months that it was going to be terrible and everyone is supposed to hate it and Rotten Tomatoes hates it and every critic in the world hates it. and It's got its flaws in places, but overall, I was really entertained. I liked that movie, and I'm not going to apologize for liking that movie. Um, I'm not going to go into great detail here, but I thought it was better than Man of Steel, and uh, I really liked it. Of course, I'm really into Batman. And uh, I got a lot of the comic references. Um, my wife and a friend of ours saw it, and uh, they said, "Had I not watched them, had I not made them watch uh, the Dark Knight Returns, uh, the animated version of the Dark Knight Returns comic book, uh, they would have been lost in certain parts." Um, but I liked it. Harrison liked it. Um, I will definitely see it again. Um, I thought it was pretty entertaining. Uh, I'm excited to see where it goes from here. No spoilers. Not going to put any spoilers. Uh, I was thinking about doing a thing at the end of the show where I talked about it in depth, what I thought about it with spoilers, you know, after, so after the show's over, so you could turn it off if you didn't want to hear the spoilers. Um, but I don't know. I've actually been thinking about doing the thing. My wife and I have been going to a lot of movies lately. She's been really getting into going to the movies. Um, it really kicked into overdrive with Star Wars. She saw it like 12 times. Um, we actually were thinking about, we talked about maybe just sitting down and recording our thoughts on the entire uh, seven movie series. Um, thought it might be fun since I know I, I've got a lot of you know people who uh, like Star Wars out there. Uh, and we've been thinking about just talking movies maybe as a little side thing. I know Lost Lighthouse does it uh, and I don't want to steal their thunder and, and copy their thing. But um, I don't know. I'm thinking about it. Just, you know, thinking about it, thinking about a lot of things. So um, I'll get back to that, though. So uh, that's it. That's it for the toolbox. Going to take another break. And when uh, when I almost said we, when I come back, uh, I'm going to talk about uh, the stuff from uh, Stormcast Eternals Extremist because I read it. I've got a couple of pages here of notes, and uh, I'd like to talk to you guys about um, what I think about this book and some of the cool things in it and uh, some of the places that I have a few questions. So we, I, <laughs> I will be back in uh, just a couple of minutes. Hey guys, this is Chris Tomlin from the Black Sun, and you're listening to Garage Hammer. Jaguar.
strikes of sky-splitting lightning, the Stormcast Eternals arrived in the mortal realms, bringing bloody retribution to the minions of the Dark Gods. This was Sigmar's war, a crusade to free the realms, a campaign to exact vengeance for the wanton slaughter wrought in the Age of Chaos. With the dawn of this new age, the armies at Sigmar's command had power enough to stand against the forces of chaos. Yet, as the shock of those initial strikes wore off and the overwhelming numbers of the foe were brought to bear, the storm hosts of the heavens began to find themselves hard-pressed. Had the god-king waited too long? Had his foes grown too powerful? Not even the divine are free of doubt. As the Chaos Gods sent forth their seemingly endless counterattacks, the heavens too were emptied. In Sigmar's hour of need, Dracothian arrived once more. Roaring, the great Drake released a bolt of celestial judgment, and across Sigmaron, the doors of a hundred temples opened. It was time to unleash the might of the extremist chambers. So that's the first little fluff bit right in the very beginning of the uh, Stormcast Eternals Extremis book that I've got here. I'm holding it here in front of me. Um, overall, not a bad bit of book. Got, uh, what's it, nine War Scrolls or something like that, I think, or is it six? A um, couple of, uh, couple of uh, battalions. Two, two battle plans. Uh, one actually, one two-part battle plan. Um, not as not as uh, thin on actual uh, game content stuff as say Archeon. Uh, still a little thin, but some cool fluff. Um, I'm really sort of falling in love with the uh, with the Stormcast Eternals, and uh, this book actually. Uh, has got some good fluff, and it gives them that heavy cav and the dragons that, uh, you know, that that's something that they need, um, that bit of added something they need to add to the uh, pretty much just a solid foot army before that. So uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, yeah, seven. Seven, uh, seven war scrolls and four four uh battalions so not a really thick and heavy thing but uh, but some pretty cool stuff so let's let's jump into this why don't we um some pretty cool artwork some uh yeah <laughs> the artwork uh the the uh the pictures they are much more dynamic than the actual models which is nice um because the models as i said earlier are pretty static so Let's take a look at this. Uh, book starts off, um, and now before we get into it, it's got some nice artwork. It's got uh, cool some cool bits of fluff. Um, if I had a little more time or a little bit, uh, it's basically, if I hadn't started this so late, uh, I might even have put in a few fluff readings with some music and stuff because this is actually I, I kind of like it. I kind of like what I'm reading here. Uh, some good artwork. Um, it's got you know so a little bit about so certain characters get little you know side boxes and stuff like that. So if you're interested and you liked the Stormcast Eternals book, which I know we never reviewed here, but there's so much about them uh, before that that I didn't feel it was necessary. But this is something new, so I wanted to cover it. 
Um, but if you like the, uh, this stuff, there's a lot of good stuff here. First section, Roar of the Heavens. Um, talks about um, how every Stormcast Eternal is a hero, uh, but these guys are the you know the heroes of the heroes, and um, even when 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 the warrior chambers of Sigmar with all of his his wonderful Stormcast Eternals, when they're not enough to turn the tide, when you gotta send in the big guns. You send in these guys. Um, it's interesting. Sigmar knew his foes from before. He actually, um, you know, he, he worked with Dracothian on this, but basically sort of got the idea from watching Juggernauts of Corn and Bloodthirsters, uh, watching the Juggernauts just plow through enemy lines, watching the Bloodthirsters tear stuff up. He realized um, to have something of that nature would would just be that last bit of punch that he really needed. Um, it's that momentum, that that hard-hitting uh, smash that he needed to give it that bit of oomph. And this really, it says here in the book that this is actually a bit of an answer for uh, against greater demons, no less. Uh, this is something he could employ against greater demons. Um, they are something to send to smash face. When you really got to absolutely positively got to blow the doors off something this is who you send um so i just i think it's fantastic so um these extremist chambers are formed and they're they're actually in the first book when they lay down the little you know the the flow chart um extremist chamber is one of these four little chambers off to the side that doesn't get much mention it's all you know about the warrior chambers um, and I, and I and I bring that up because now they got the little box on page twenty. I'm going to jump ahead here because if you flip to page twenty, it's the Stormcast Eternal Stormhost. You got the Lord Commander on the top, and underneath that you got the Heralder and the Judicators and the Relictors and the Valedictors. Um, and that breaks off into the Exemplar Chamber, the Harbinger Chamber, the Warrior Chamber, and then you got these little four chambers off on the side: the Extremist Chamber, the Auxiliary Chamber the Ruination Chamber, and the Sacrosanct Chamber. So now we haven't touched the Auxiliary or the Ruination or the Sacrosanct. Um, you know, this book is opening up one of these chambers that really weren't mentioned before but was laid out there, and now there's these, these other chambers that really haven't been touched upon. Um, let's not touch upon them too soon. I just my that's my suggestion. I mean, I, you know, not that anyone from GW has listened to me, but uh, there's a whole lot of other stuff that you guys you know can bring out and stories you could tell. I hope that we're, like you know we're not just going to get new stuff every time this story moves forward a little bit. You know, the next three books to come out open up another chamber. Let's let's space this out a little bit. I'm, a, I'm that's just my 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 wish list. You know, give me time to get this stuff painted, build some stuff up. Right now. The heavy calf and the dragon. I'm I'm good. I'm I'm good right now. I'm just, I'm just hoping that those things don't need to be opened for a while. Like that's another story told at a later time, a much later time. You know, give me some time to adapt. Bring out some other stuff. Let's get the story going. Let's hear what happened to some of these other stories. You know, we got three races of elves. You know, we got ogres and 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 uh, and you know the green skins and all these other people that we have been dying to hear about. So let's hear about them. 
And that's just, and I mean, I don't know. That might be the plan already. I might be, you know, just, you know, talking, you know, to myself here for no reason. But um, it just seems that on the heels of the Stormcast Eternal release, it seems very shortly afterwards we're getting a whole other release. And they they were they did point out in in the White Dwarf how um, oh look this chamber was already here that's already mentioned it earlier in the old book <laughs> yeah well they mentioned three others too so let's not rush that's all I'm saying I'm not saying I'm I'm just saying so let's move along I guess um, so this whole thing was was like I said fashioned after uh, Sigmar and Dracothian's own bond um, and I guess. The whole plan was that every storm host has at least one extremist chamber attached to it. Um, and that's that's all fine and well. Um, but I guess when Sigmar planned this, it's, it's, it's a long and slow process to find uh, a worthy Stormcast Eternal and then find either a Star Drake or a, a Dracothian that would be willing to bond with them. Um, we already know from, from the earlier stuff that uh, Vandis Hammerhand um, was the first one to bond with a Dracothian, and that was the only one we saw riding one. Now we find out he is not unique. He was just the first one, um, but everything else was taking some time. In fact, it took so much time that we went through the whole beginning of the Realm Gate Wars, and they weren't there. Um in fact, there's a, a nice bit here. I'm going to read this part to you. Uh, the plan was for every storm host to contain at least one extremist chamber. Some storm hosts, like the Hammers of Sigmar, would have many such formations. However, the undertaking was slow and off-delayed. Not a single extremist chamber was battle-ready when Sigmar cast his first lightning bolt into the mortal realms, beginning his war to overthrow the cruel tyranny of the Chaos Gods. Okay, this sounds like poor planning to me. I'm just, just throwing it out there. You think if you're planning a war that your big guns might be ready when the war starts. Now, did he, you know, did he not realize he had to go in that quickly? Um, I, don't, I don't know, but you'd, you'd think they'd be ready. But they weren't, so okay. Okay, hey, I never planned a war. I'm going to shut up now. Uh, let's see. It took time to find and reforge the greatest of mankind's heroes, but securing the oaths of Dracoths and Star Drakes proved more difficult still. Those children of Dracothian that died had ever been reincarnated amongst the heavens, their spirits returning to new forms. However, the influx of chaos was circumventing this age-old cycle, and the creatures were becoming a dying race. Um, all right, so what's up with this? Like, was chaos not around until Sigmar showed up? Like, okay, so, and it, this is kind of how the story goes, and it, I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but, so, Star Drake's uh live and then when they die they turn into these star gems and these star gems float back up into the heavens and are then reborn into new star drakes uh apparently this influx of chaos causes some sort of weird barrier that keeps them from going home and then they don't rebirth they don't re get reborn um they wind up lit staying up in the you know the stratosphere or something like that they don't quite make it up to the heavens um so they're stuck there um, and this is a problem. So what you get is this really interesting uh, sort of thing uh, going on where um, that's part of like the thing. The quest is um, if the Stormcast Eternals in there reforging 
one of the tests is if they can find, if you can even find one and then get it and then return it to the heavens, you can possibly build a bond with it. And, um, you know, that, that returning it to the heaven will build this bond with it. And then when it is rebor- reborn as a new uh, star drake, then it, it will bond with that, with that Stormcast Eternal and they will be sort of psychically connected. Um, and it's a cool idea. I mean, it works for me. Um, it's just a weird thing because, like, was chaos there before? If it was, then, you know, how come it wasn't stopping stuff? Uh, and if it wasn't, then how come it's there now? Like, I'm just kind of curious. Um, in fact, it's it's leading me to wonder um, because here, here's the next part is, the, you know, the, the, the chamber wasn't ready, you know? Uh, in fact, they were the last ones to join this fray. Now, uh, Dracothian sees, he, you know, he's looking to the stars, to the future, to the portents, and he sees all this evil stuff coming, and he realized that Archeon's coming. And uh, Archeon is going to win unless they get the extremist chambers going. Like, the, the, you need heavy hitters to slow down and stop Archeon. So... Dracothian's like, uh, the star chamber's ready, and the guys running the star are like, oh, no, dude, you know, they need to bake longer. They're not ready. And so Dracothian's like, uh, no, that, no time, dude. And so he comes in, and uh, driven by great urgency, the mighty Dracothian visited Sigmaron, speeding the creation of the extremist chambers with his own roaring bolts of celestial energy. So uh, he basically came down and said, yeah, they're not cooking fast enough. So Apparently, the 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 whole thing works on the theory that you know you can either cook it for ten hours at three hundred fifty degrees or one hour at thirty five hundred degrees. So he just you know gets the the shoots the dragon bolt and says hurry up and and it it and they're ready. Okay. Um, I, I, now, obviously, I'm I'm paraphrasing. I'm trying to give it my own uh, special touch here for you guys, uh, but that's kind of what happens. So, until finally the, the and the first one ready, obviously, is the the hammers of Sigmar, and of course they are because they're the cover boys. Um, if the Space Marines, I mean, if the uh, if the Ultramarines are the poster children for the Space Marines, then the hammers of Sigmar, your gold and blue. Uh, guys, are the poster children for the Stormcast Eternals, and um, and um, and that's fine, you know. Um, but so of course these guys are ready first, and so you know they're gonna they're going in, and they're gonna you know get in there and 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 do their thing. That's that's the plan, right? Um. This, I, I'm wondering though. This this bothers me a little bit. I, this, you know, this whole hurry up thing. Like, I don't know if that's if that's good. Is anyone else feeling this way? I'm just curious. Like, I'm wondering what you think. And hey, jump on the forums at GarageHammer.net and let me know what you think. You know, um, does this seem like a setup for Chaos Eternals? Like. You know, chaos is going and blocking them from getting back, and then this is going on, and now you got to kind of hurry up and and get them going quick. And maybe I baked a couple of them too quick, and they weren't quite right in the head, you know, because they didn't cook properly. You know, I'm just kind of, I mean, and I know I'm using cooking, and it's a it's a bad analogy, but I'm just kind of, 
you know, if they're not ready, so I shot them with a bolt of lightning. Okay, now I'm ready. Like, you know, this could be like, you know, cooked on the outside, still frozen in the middle. They're not quite right. And, you know, suddenly you get these. I'm just wondering if you're going to get Chaos Eternal. I hope you don't. I, I kind of re- I really hope you don't. Chaos has got a lot of stuff already. You got a lot of Chaos. You got Chaos Demons, you got the the you know, you got the you know the Chaos Warriors, you got you know, Beastmen, you got you got there's a lot there's a lot of chaos. Don't necessarily want to see Chaos Eternals. Um But it this 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 is the kind of thing that you see uh wind up becoming that. So that just that's just my two cents. Throwing that out there. Um you know, it's not a spoiler because it didn't happen. If it happens, then wow! I am a, I'm a precog. I'm I'm amazing. I am super awesome. It's what I do. So, all right. So then we uh, let's jump up to the here. We get a cool little bit of story here. Uh, I'm not going to read through the story, but it is some pretty good stuff. Um, you get a nice little couple of pages, and it talks about the bond between the Dracothian and, and the Rider, and how they kind of ride in together. Um, I like how the, 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 the Dracothians, they, you know, they ride in on the Dracothians and behind them coming, come riding in are the Drakes, um, slamming it home after the Dracothians. It's funny. The Dracothians are the, are the riding in the, the actual dragons come, don't, aren't, they're not the first wave. They're like the second or third wave after the couple of waves of Dracothians ride through, um, are not Dracothians, the, uh, Dracoths. I'm sorry, not the Dracothians, the Dracoths. I'd hate to confuse my terminology here. That would really be a, a sin. So um, let's take a look at at this stuff here as we talk about it. Now, the next section is called The Children of Dracothian. And this talks about, um, you know, where these things come from. Now, we get another one of these little bits of story. The star drakes apparently descended from the heavens during the most intense of the star falls. So like big meteor shower and the star drakes descended from the heavens in this big meteor shower. Um, I don't know if this is supposed to be literal or figurative. Um, it could be either. Um, who knows? It could totally be either. Um, I would love it to be literal because that would be kind of cool. But you never know. Um, I can't uh, I can't say. So... Um, I'm just I'm going to kind of leave it at that bit of unknown. But uh let's just take it for what it is. We've got this nice bit that the Star Trek descended. It's I mean it's typical dragon stuff, right? I mean it's it's dragon stuff. That's what it is. Um they're reclusive. They live in the highest places, the inaccessible places. It's dragon stuff. It's exactly what you expect from your dragon stories. And 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 I got and I've got no beef with any of it. You know, it's that's what it is. So um, now we get to the part where they start talking about uh, you got the Star Drakes. You know, they're reclusive. They do this. They um, I do like that. They uh, it says how they are. They they like the the high places. Um, they they hunt the upper ether or bask in starlight. As creatures of celestial magic, they feed upon both flesh and the rays of the firmament itself. So, you know, they, 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 they feed on the, the starlight as well because they're magical creatures. Um, 
what's interesting is when they talk about the the Drakoths. Um, nobody knows their exact connection to the Star Drakes. Um, what they do know is that both Drakoths and Star Drakes don't really die. Uh, if you do destroy them, they are reincarnated. So, I mean, they die, but they don't stay dead. They are reincarnated, and that's fine. Um, once again, the ether is so tainted by chaos that sometimes they can remain trapped in the high places of this world. Once again, more fuel for this weird chaos eternals stuff, keeping them trapped here by chaos just seems like a bad thing. And they mention it a couple of times. So I'm just like, well, they keep mentioning it. Maybe there's a reason who knows. Um, it is known that they don't die a mortal death. Their souls return to the stars. Uh, what is the other thing? Oh, uh, Star Drakes and Drakoths do understand the languages of man, Dwarden, and Elf, although they speak exclusively in their own inscrutable tongue. Throughout the ages, these celestial creatures did not willingly engage with other races, save only when they were united by a common foe. Once the threat was defeated, alliances were abandoned as the Drakoths or Star Drakes returned to their isolated ways. That changed with the coming of the Stormcast Eternals. So Sigmar called on them. Uh, it was Dracothian, you know, uh, who really sort of got this thing in motion. Um, it's pretty cool, though. So, you know, they, they, they managed to, to bond these two together. Um, and so now we sort of get these stories of how this works. Uh, Dracothian basically makes a pact with Sigmar. Uh, Stormcast Eternals that prove themselves worthy may form a bond with some of his children. Um, and they will stand against anything together once they've formed this bond. It's, it's a neat thing. It works. It works. Uh, Vandis Hammerhand was the first to tame a Drakoth and us through it in a new age. It's cool because Vandis Hammerhand, as we all know, is kind of a, kind of a badass. Um, we've all been reading the stories, and um, he's kind of a, a tough guy. Um, but as we read these stories, he only tamed a Drakoth. He didn't quite get a Star Drake, which apparently you've got to be tough as nails or just super awesome sauce to get yourself a Star Drake. So um, he's good, but is he that good? Um, don't know. Uh, can't tell you. All I know is he's only got a Drakoth. Other guys have Star Drakes. So, hmm, hmm. Um, so I'm just, I, you know, I'm just leaving that there. I'm not going to insult him too much because Lord knows he could probably take me out. But that's the end of the section, pointing out how he got a Star Drake. And when we get to the section of the glory of the stars, um, you know, I'm going to take a quick break, a real short break here. Uh, and when we jump back, we're going to jump into where it talks about the extremist chambers and how the chambers sort of uh back uh how they how they break down how does the actual chamber itself uh, uh form and what its order is and all that good stuff so i will be back in just a minute or two with all that good stuff so hang out and uh, talk to you in a minute Just for one day 
Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois is the one-stop shop for all your gaming needs. They carry anything your favorite gamer may want. Board games, collectible card games, miniature-based games, and all your hobby gaming supplies are there, as well as books, charms, incense, crystals, and other unique gifts. UGG has it all. Come into the store and ask about their frequent buyers program, or check out their gaming and events calendars in-store or online. From Tuesday night War Machine and Thursday Board Game Night to Friday Night Magic, there's always something going on at Unique Gifts and Games in Gray's Lake. Check them out on the web at uniquegg.com. back to talk about the extremist chambers all right so the section on the extremist chambers um talks about the organization and it's composed of three parts the lord celestant the drake's Warren templars and the warriors of the dracothian guard um now and that talks about the formations too and stuff like that what's really interesting is those are the three parts and literally one of the parts pretty much has no part um, and if you read this, it's, it kind of cracks me up. Um, the, the most powerful is the Lord Celestins. It was they who absorbed the most divine energy upon the anvil of apotheosis and who then succeeded at the trials of star walking when questing to meet the Dracoth packs. Once anointed a Lord Celestin, only the storm hosts, Lord commander and the God King himself rank higher. Okay, so you got that guy. Then you get the Drake's Horn Templars. They're very few in number, but they're all a mighty champion, blah, 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 blah. Uh, the Dracothian Guard make up the bulk of the extremist chamber, and they are the Lightning Echelon and the Thunder Wave Echelon, okay? Um, and they sort of break that down as well. But I think, where is it in here? Um, oh, here it is. Okay. So I'm reading this, and it just kind of cracks me up because it's just like, what? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You've got this, and it literally goes through after saying how they're the most powerful and they're so awesome, and you get this Lord Celestin, um, and it talks about how they they land and they go through, and they're the, the spear tip, and they smash through, and basically what you get first is they talk about how they attack, okay? And this is how the attack goes, okay? The extremist chamber, every alone Drake's Horn Templar or a single retinue of Dracothian Guard can turn a battle, okay? Because they're that awesome. Just, just remember, okay? But, so this is how they come in. First, they come down on the field in a thunderclap. And there's the lightning echelon of the Dracothian Guard of the first to attack. At the front is the lightning echelon, okay? First, you got the fulminators. Okay, and they've got their glaives lowered. They're the guys with the glaives, uh, the sp- you know, and they come riding in, and right behind them, right behind them are 
are the Tempesters, and the Tempesters have the crossbows. Okay, so they're sort of backing them up. The guys are riding in with their glaives pointed. You know, they're like the guys riding on the, on the calf with the spears. You know, uh, or, or the not the spears. The um, what do you call them? Um, you know what I'm talking about? Um, not spears, but um, lances. Practically, you know, they, it's practically you know. And so they, they're riding in with that hacking and pointing and, and stabbing. But you got these guys coming in behind just picking off things that, are, that, that need to get picked off to weaken for them to pl- pluck through the line. They're behind them, you know, because they got crossbows, not glaives. So that comes riding in. So the lightning hits first. Kapoom! Okay. Now, there you got that. Then, after that, next, you get the thunder wave. After the lightning comes the thunder right so after the lightning comes the thunder now first thing that comes in is the concussors they've got their lightning hammers and they're smashing through the battle lines okay after you get these guys running through i picture i picture the, the lightning sort of coming through almost in that lance formation that spearhead just smashing in through really fast boom cracking through the front lines and these guys coming in behind just smashing everything with their super hammers right um the lightning hammer assault sunders any battle line, ensuring the foe cannot surround the lightning echelon and opening a way for the killing strike. So these guys, pop, you know, the lightning pounds through and, and hits in. Before they can get surrounded and those lines can close, you've got, excuse me, the thunder coming up right in behind them and smashing into these guys, making sure they don't wrap around them and smash them in. The final stage of the attack comes with the desolators with the thunder axes, you know, it was seem to kind of do the same thing as the hammers, but, you know, they got to give them, you know, you got two by two. You can't have two by one. That doesn't make sense. So the first the lightning, then the thunder. Landing behind the Dracothian guard come a trio of Drake's Horn Templars, which means you got to go buy three dragons at 140 bucks a pop. So for $420, you can have a trio of dragons, right? They land behind your unit of Dracothian guards, of which you have to have at least four boxes of those because you have to have at least, they come in units, you have, well, they can have a unit of one, right? But they come in boxes of two, so you'll have two by two, and then two by two. So you got these eight guys, and then you got the three dragons come behind them, and they're riding, and then the, and then the, and they all come in together, and then um, the star drakes come swooping in, and they're blowing fire, and then they got the, the wings and the tails and all that stuff, and they are just smashing everything, right? Drake's Warren Templars can unleash a surge of energy like the blast of an exploding star, which can heal brethren or slay foes. Now, that's, you know, uh, so that's good, too. Healing brethren and slaying foes. So I can hurt you and help my own guys. So I guess that's a friendly fire is not something you have to worry about because it's actually helpful to our guys. Um, so that's this is awesome sauce, right? It comes all flying in. Now, here's the part that I love. The Lord Celestine's primary role is to direct the warriors under his command, lending his sword arm only where it is most needed. His weapon is the extremist chamber itself one he has honed to martial perfection in the brutal training exercises of the gladiatorium. Through his leadership, the might of immortal man works in glorious harmony with the star-charged power of Dracothian's children. Wait, what? So, wait, so he doesn't actually take to the field? Like, only when it's needed? So, okay. So I guess I'm going to build my guy into a Templar because 
the Lord Celestine doesn't really his job is to train them his 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 primary role is to train them and then give them a job his main weapon is the extremist chamber itself so dude that's that's lame i'm sorry i mean unless i'm missing something and i could be i don't have anybody here to correct me i don't have anybody here to argue with i'm just giving my impressions that's dumb. All right. You give me two options for this model, and then you tell me one of them almost never takes the field. Okay. Fine. In fact, they really hit hammer at home because I turned the page, and the first thing is a whole page talking about the Drake's Warren Templars. Okay. So I got the Drake's Warren Templars, and, um, you know, a lone one can sunder any enemy's battle line. Blabble, blabble, flibble, flabble. Okay. I got you. Um, so all aspirants or aspirants, whatever, they are going to, first of all, if you want to you know, become one of these things as you're being reforged, there's the trial of star walking, okay? Um, it's one of the trials that you go through when you're being reforged on the anvil of Sigmar's um, rebirthification. Um, and yeah, that, that, that's what it's called. So, you know, um, what happens is most of them come, and it says, many return empty-handed, haunted by what they have seen. Okay? So most of these guys come back with nothing. All right? You just, they don't make it. But some of the bravest encounter Dracoths. Okay? So the, some of the bravest are the bulk of them who come back with Dracoths. A smaller percentage still are deemed worthy enough to find a solar gem. Okay, a solar gem is the Star Drake's soul. Now, these gems are just floating about in space because they can't. These are the ones that didn't make it. That chaos has corrupted their area so bad that they can't float back to Dracothian and be rebirthed out of the soul gem, solar gem. Sorry, into a new uh, Star Drake. So, I don't know. It. it, it uh, it's like a rupee, and you can't smash the pot and get to the rupees because of the chaos. So it stays in the pot, something like that. Um, but so um, it would go and be reincarnated, but it's not. So it just is trapped in the lower heavens. Now, they're protected by enchantments, like you know, the pot. Um, only the most noble can see a solar gem, and only those blessed with divinity can touch such purity. Even other Stormcast Eternals hold Drake's Horn Templars in awe, recognizing them as mystically pure beings and great champions of order. So you got to be like, like a, sh a, a, a shaman. Uh, you got to be a Stormcast shamanator. Um, you know, you got to be like the, the, the Stormcast Pope to, uh, or, or at least a bishop to, to, to get this, uh, to get a, uh, to find a solar gem and you find a solar gem now, now finding it's not enough then you got to soul walk it up to the heavens so you got to take it past the chaos blockade up to heaven what that means nobody says it just you know it's just you got to do it okay um you know i maybe just you know it's just, it's like a, it's it's a, you put it in your pocket and then you walk through hey nothing to see here there's no solar gem in my pocket. I'm going to just walk through here over to there. 
and and that's okay, and that's what they do. See, now, um, by returning this solar gem, uh, that that you know, hey, thank you for returning my child. Oh, you're welcome. Now, since you've done that, you've co- formed a bond with this child of Dracothian, much as Sigmar and Dracothian did. So there, uh, and now, cause, now, now don't think it's not like you broke uh, 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 a stallion. It's not, it's not your ride. It's not your mount. These guys are an ancient race. You know, uh, they're older than mankind ever was. Uh, they're older than the elves, you know, um, they, they they they're only they're teaming up because a you helped save them and b they see this menace of chaos they see the the problem chaos is causing heck chaos is keeping them from um, reincarnating right so they want to do their part to restore balance and order so they they want to join Sigmar's crusade so then there's a bunch of bonding rituals you know they you know the 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 star drake falls back and the star cast eternal catches him you know um and you know he closes his eyes and he catches him um then they um you know they go they go out for a nice meal um you know then um they hang out uh, a couple of times um you know uh, they they uh they do a couple other they do some breathing exercises and um they they do some more the, the a couple more of these trust exercises you know um you know the the stormcast eternal he lets the he, he takes his, the helmet off he lets him see him without the helmet um you know the 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 star drake he lets him ride him uh, the stormcast eternal um he lets the star drake you know um he lets the star drake uh you know i don't, I don't know what, what 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 can a guy do for the dragon i don't know but there's some trust thing the bonding it's the bonding you know um they write each other nice letters um you know things like that uh you know friendly pen pals for a while you know um th- you know whatever it is and then uh when they're done that then they're now they're like psychically mentally bonded they're they're a they're a team um they're together okay um once again i'm just i'm kind of you know just guessing at how these things work i don't know um but you know it it, it works um and that's but that's how it is so now they're now they're bonded they're together uh and and now they're that's that's now that's them now we also have the dracothian guard now the Dracothian Guard are are really aggressive, right? They're the, they're really they're they're the most aggressive. Are the Fulminators, you know? And they talk about this, um, and it's funny because um, the as they find the 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 Dracoths, the Dracoths sort of um, I guess their temperament sort of leads them to certain Stormcast Eternals, you know. Uh, the Dracoths also want to restore order, but they are not patient at all you know um so the they you know they sort of they sort of get together so the fulminators wind up with the most aggressive of the drag goths which makes sense because they're the first guys to go running into the battle right there so they want the most aggressive the guys with the glaives the most aggressive um 
the 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 tempesters are the best markman, marksmen um and uh so the guys the um it's kind of funny um only the best marksmen become tempesters no kidding duh and the dracoths that are selected for them are the most quick-witted so the smartest of the dracoths the most clever wind up kind of bonding with the tempesters because they got to be able to like ride them and focus on shooting. So like the Dracoths got to kind of be paying attention to what's around it and sort of take its own initiative and like dodge things and, and like, you know, um, not get distracted. You know, um, if he's running and suddenly there's something colorful to the left, he can't be like, oh, look, it's, you know, a, a something with a fuzzy tail. He, there's no distractions. He's got to pay, you know, so he's got to have that going um, with him. Um, now, the concussors are obviously the, the strongest guys. Um, and uh, so they, they, have, uh, they have the more independent guys the concussors are their strength and their brawling ability um but they have the more independent ones because they got to be more fluid they got to be able to run around and, and move to the to the to the most uh you know ready places so their their rides are, are uh you know they got to be strong and, and strong brawlers too you know uh but it, it's all explained in here i'm kind of going on and on um but basically it's you know Everybody's fit to the perfect Dracoth. And 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 isn't that that's this is this is a wonderful story. Because you're gonna be riding this beast a long time. And it is a smart and it's not an animal. It is it is not a it's not a uh it's not a star drake, it's not a dragon, but it's not a dumb animal either. And you don't want to insult it because it might bite your head off. So um you wanna be, you know, it's you wanna be smart about this. So they're bonded. So that's the end of that. Um, and in fact, that is the end of it. There is not a section here for Lord Celestins. There's Drake's Sworn Templars and Dracothian Guard. There is no Lord Celestins on a Star Drake section. Because, you know, they stay in the chamber because, you know, they do the training and then they send you out. Um, and then when you come back, you know, they, 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 they fill out reports and... and um, you know, just you know, give you a reviews and things like that. That like you know, I, I I don't know. It just seems weird that they talk about how awesome they are. Then they well, they, but they don't really go out to battle. Uh, painting guides, painting guides, painting guides. The might and the majesty. The might and the majesty. Let's look at the might and the majesty, shall we? Um, the might and the majesty. Oh, that's all pictures, pictures, pictures. Lots of cool pictures. Um, but there's like pictures of like two dozen. Dracothian guard. Oh, that's a lot of Dracothian guard. That's I can't afford that. But it's really cool to look at them. Um, although they don't look like they're charging. It's it's Dr Dracoths on parade. Um, yeah. So uh, they're not chasing anybody down. They're kind of like standing there, like you can come to me and I will hit you with a hammer. <sighs> okay. So uh, Crusaders of Order. Let's look at the Crusaders of Order. This is. Um, This is the, uh, is this where we get to the battle plans? Yes, this is the chapter where we start getting to the battle plans. Um, this is kind of cool. Uh, 
for those of you who don't own the other books, there's some recap in here. And I'm going to skip through a, a lot of this, okay? Um, you know, uh, Sigmar closes the gate. Chaos is uh, so triumphant. Reality begins to crumble. Uh, realm gates were compromised. Um, so here's what happens. There... Th- th- we all know the stories because we've 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 read it. You know, Sigmar's like, oh, it's, we got to do this now. I send my lightning bolts. People got to open it from both sides at once. Uh, why that's the rule, I don't know, but it makes for an exciting story. Yeah, uh, you think, you know, I guess that's good. If you have to open it at both sides at once, Chaos can never open it because they're not on the other side. Whereas Sigmar can leave. His guys can somehow get out at any time. It works. So it works. But now let's get to the battle for Sigmar's Gate because this is really where it kind of comes in. Um, you know, Dracothian was the first one that showed Sigmar all the realm gates. And the first one they go through gets them on the uh, the plateau in, in Akshi. Or Akshi, yeah. Um, and p- the people in Akshi just start worshiping them. And Sigmar shows up, and the people are worshiping him, and he shows them all sorts of stuff. And this becomes like the best, the greatest civilization, the greatest city in actually here. This is like the, the like the pinnacle of mankind's achievement right here. Um, the golden city of Velixia, the greatest city of the arts, uh, statues and 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 plazas with fountains and all sorts of cool stuff you know all sorts of this stuff sigmar would always come back um in fact when you come by the realm gate they called it sigmar's gate uh you know armies would come out of there um they said that there was he the people that that he had taken or done so well here that nothing dared hunt within a thousand days march of its boundaries because uh, you know sigmar would would just smash you um, as the ruler died and a new ruler was installed, Sigmar would show up again and, and like oversee the the ceremony. They would uh, put up a new statue for the new leader. Sigmar would bless him. I mean, it was just this whole thing. Like Sigmar was like just keep showing up. You know, every time a, a new leader was installed, he would come back. Um, they even built a giant statue for Sigmar and all that stuff. Well, you know. That's the kind of thing that when chaos comes and decides we're going to smash stuff, this yeah, this is the place. This is the place that's going to get hit the hardest because it's the best and the most beautiful, and this is the place they got to smash. And that's exactly what Korn does. Korn beats the crap out of this place. Every statue is torn down. Sigmar's statue is torn down. The place is laid flat. No two stones on top of one another. You know, the 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 people are killed and raped and destroyed and, and murdered and, and torn pieces to pieces and then eaten alive. And just it's just a horrible, horrible existence. Um so Sigmar goes to take this back. Korn is not giving this place up. This is like one of the places that he took, and he's like, you know, you know, F you, Sigmar, you ain't getting it, right? In fact, um, the, the they send in one of the warrior chamber from the Hammers of Sigmar, and they get in there. Uh, they smash aside the Ravagers, and some of the guys run, Um Korn sees the Stormcast actually starting to smash aside the enemies and getting ready to take the gate back. Korn actually gets up out of his chair. Apparently, Korn's standing up out of the brass throne. Like he, Apparently, he just doesn't get up out of the brass throne. Apparently, it's like your old man. Like, if I got to get up out of this chair, you're going to be sorry. 
And apparently that's what it is. So Corn gets up out of his chair. So now everybody's going to be sorry, right? Um, because he goes in and says, oh, no, you're not taking this place, and just starts sending armies after armies after armies. Not only does he smash Sigmar's army, but then he sends out his guys to the guys that Sigmar's army caused to scatter, like the army that was there in the first place that he routed. Corn sends his guys out to kill them, too, because they ran. Like, no, you're, just, you're all dead. Everybody's dead. There's, it's just death, okay? Death and blood, blood for the blood gods, skulls for the skull throne, entrails for the for the for the walk of shame, whatever, right? So we got all this going on. Uh, Sigmar sends a second wave; they're slaughtered. Third wave, they're like he's not he is not getting this gate, right? That's basically what this comes down to. Uh, he tries three times to take it, not getting it. Now that's when Dracothian comes in and says, "Oh boy." Um, there's a problem here, and uh, we got to get things going because Archaon's coming, and uh, if I don't get this extremist chamber running, if we don't get these extremist chambers going, Archaon's plan is going to succeed. So Dracothian shows up and does the and there's a lightning and the and the and the, uh, the the mystical whatevers and you know turns it up to eleven and then boom the extremist chamber pops open and one team is ready one okay the hammers Draconis are ready and of course they go smashing through the enemy's lines and this is an epic battle it's a pretty cool battle actually. They come riding in just like it's described. Ah, they smash things. Boom, they smash things. Corn is like, what the hell? Corn goes, more guys. And then they go, we'll kill you. And Corn's like, no way. And the fight's going back and forth, back and forth. It's kind of a standoff, right? Um, the battle's a standoff. Uh, and then you get this whole part where it basically comes down to the bloodthirster versus imperious and Loxia. Now, Imperius is is the is the is the dude, and Loxia is the, his Star Drake, right? And uh, it, it's just he's he, they can't handle it anymore. It's just it's going, and so, uh, in fact, he's just he's getting all angry and is he's hating. He's starting to feel his hatred rising. He's going to attack. He's getting mad. He's getting mean mad. He's turning into a ball of mean. He's going to attack, but he's got that bond with the Drake, and the Star Drake is like like calm, keeping him calm. Like the blonde, he's like, nah, calm down, human. We're going to take this. And he, we got this. And so he calms down, but it's not, you know, it doesn't mean that they're not going to fight. He's not He's not all, you know, he doesn't have the battle lust on him. He's just not letting, the dragon's not letting hatred cloud his judgment, right? Pretty cool stuff. So they go riding in, and the fighting goes on, and the drums are banging, and things are going to happen. And um, Colrex the bloodthirster shows up with his crown of flame and he shows up and uh this is the guy you know he's like that's it he comes in he's smashing the crap out of everybody colrex the bloodthirster is about to change the tide okay uh this is the guy they got to beat now now this is what it comes down to it's, it's him or us so they go and they're fighting and uh imperius gets knocked off of luxia and luxia uh is fighting with the bloodthirster, and the bloodthirster bites her in the neck, and apparently tears her neck apart, throat out with his teeth, and he's drinking her blood, and she's dying, and that's when Imperius stands up and is like, come on, I'll take you on alone, you know, because it's, it's, you know, it's like a movie. Picture a movie. If you've seen a movie before, 
you should know what this is like, okay? So he goes up, and of course, Imperius takes him on and hits him in the face with a hammer, and he's like, I can take it, and he goes, really? And he hits him in the other side of the face with a hammer, and he's like, oh, maybe I can't take it, and he kills him, right? Blam! And he looks over, and his star drake is dying, and there's that bond there, and he knows the drake is dying, and it's like it's killing him that he's dying. But so before this thing, before this bloodthirster completely dies and turns back into the ether sludge or whatever it is that he turns into, he goes and rips the flame crown off his head. Um, and, of course, it turns from a crown of fire into, like, a beautiful jeweled crown worthy of a true king. And so now, you know, he kills the super bloodthirster. Everybody else is like, oh, well, you know, Corn's pretty upset, but he killed the bloodthirster, so that means he wins. We got to leave. Like, apparently that's how it works. You know, you kill the bloodthirster, then, all right, you, maybe it's, it's like a war machine. You know, they killed the caster, so time to go. You win. So they're all leaving. They're all running. Everybody else is kicking down the door. He turns around, oh, my poor Star Drake, I feel bad. But wait. Before I can feel more bad, look, there's the head of Sigmar's statue lying on the ground. And so then he goes and he puts the crown on the Sigmar statue and, um, I don't know, says something. The true king has returned or something like that. Something cheesy and, and kind of dopey. Um, I mean, it's a good story, but it's it's a total cheesy ending. Um, you know, he can barely walk, but he gets over there and puts the crown on Sigmar's statue's head laying on the dirt and the true king has returned and, and that's the end of the story. Um it's it's not a bad story. It's just it's you know, we've we've heard it before. Um so I'm just gonna go on. Now um I'm gonna take another break real quick and then when I come back we'll just talk we'll wrap this up. We'll talk uh, about the battle plans and some of the war scrolls and uh and the um and the the different uh the different um, battalions and stuff. So, all right. So that's it, and uh, we'll be back. Or I'll be back. Damn it. Hey folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm, it doesn't separate from the base, they custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got Battle Foam cut and designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at BattleFoam.com. Battle Foam, protecting your army. back okay so let's recap um 
two-part battle plan. Big fight, big fight, big fight. Stormcaster winning. Uh, Greater Demon shows up. Big fight, big fight, standoff. Greater Demon kills a Star Drake. Star Drake's rider gets mad, says, I'll take you on. Kills the Greater Demon. You know, apparently Stormcaster really tough. Uh, rip off. Big ugly fire crown turns into pretty jewel crown. Stick it on a stone head knocked off a statue of Sigmar and say the true king is crowned again or whatever it is. Um, it's actually a really cool two-part battle plan, though. Um, the battle plan is really neat. Um, they don't really tell you uh, what to pick for your armies. They just basically say one is the extremist chamber. So one of them you really should have an extremist chamber army if you want to play this. The other represents the deadly nemesis. Uh, the deadly nemesis, it's cool. During both battles, they can choose one strategy in each hero phase. Okay, and this is a strategy they can pick on top of their other stuff. Um, one of them is summon aid. You get to add a new unit to your army. Uh, it's, uh, in your territory within six inches of the northern or southern edge of the battlefield. That's the, basically the long board edge. Uh, um, you can't be within nine inches of the enemy and you can't move this turn. That's one. So a whole new unit. Uh, every model in your army heals D3 wounds. That's one of your options. So if you're playing lots of big monsters, it's kind of awesome. Uh, and then there's Tactical Supremacy, which is you can use two command abilities in the turn, uh, either two from the general, one from the general, and one from a hero. Uh, as long as they're not the same one twice, you can do however you want. Um, so every turn, every hero phase, you get to do that. Now, the first battle is pretty cool. Uh, if you picture the board, um, you, uh, the Stormcast Eternal guy is setting up on one of the short edges. He's got two feet on the short edge. Um, the, it's like the, fir- the, 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 the foot closest to the middle, the one foot closest to the middle is the first wave. And basically any of his thunder units have to be, I mean the lightning units, sorry, the lightning units, totally screwing that up. Um, so basically fulminators and tempesters have to be in the first wave because that's how they ride. They ride in the front. Um, then the concussors and the desolators have to be in the second wave and the rest of your army can be split up however you want, but this is how they're charging in. Uh, then you got a one foot of no man's land. So that's like half the board. And then, um, from the middle and then, you know, the next, uh, two and a half feet towards the other board edge, um, is the bad guys area. And basically, uh, it's kind of a neat uh, battle. Uh, How it basically works is, in this, you can't pick laying a unit turn one. You can't summon an extra unit as your plan turn one. You can do it on turn two on a four up. If you fail, you just pick a different strategy. So there's no reason not to try to roll the dice and see if you can get it. Uh, Afterwards, you can just keep summoning units. Uh, Victory conditions. If at any point... You kill a number of models equal to the number of models the Nemesis uh, team started with, you know, before summoning. So if you start with 70 models, once uh, the Stormcast Turtles kill 70 models, it's a major victory. Uh, After five rounds, if they haven't killed 70 models... If they've killed at least, I'm just saying 70 because of that's what we, that was the example. Uh, If you killed at least half the models, it's a minor victory. 
if you haven't killed at least half the number of starting models, uh, then the nemesis wins a major victory. But that's not it. That's not the end of the battle. Um, you leave the scenery set as it is, and you set up for a second battle. Uh, you'll have some battle-weary units and then other units. Uh, any models from those units that have suffered wounds will still have those wounds. So uh, you got to make basically kind of you know keep track of who's taken wounds and stuff like that. Lose. Um, um, so you don't set up as per the regular rules. Um, the extremist chamber has basically, uh, about, I think, what is it? 18 inches on either side of the center line. They set up in the middle of the board. The nemesis gets the six inches on either of the short ends of the board. Okay. Now here's what they do. They start setting up, um, you alternate setup. Of your relief forces, you basically pick another army, not including your battle weary units. Okay, um, so each player takes a relief force. So you basically pick a, another bit of army that's going to come in as your backup because the story's still going. The nemesis also chooses a suitably impressive model, a hero or monster, ideally to be their overlord. So this would be like that, you know, bloodthirster from the story. Um. If either player's general from the previous battle is among the battle-weary units, they are still the general for this battle. Otherwise, you can choose a new general. So if you lost your general last game, you pick a new one. Otherwise, they have to stay the general. All right. Um, now, how you set this up is first the extremist chamber player sets up all their battle-weary units anywhere in their territory, and then the nemesis chamber set, the nemesis sets up all their battle-weary units, and then you alternate setting up your new units. Um, you continue doing this until one player wishes to stop, and then the other player sets up up to two more units from their relief force, and then that you know that backs off. Then the overlord comes on the nemesis player's third turn. Um, and then basically he can come in earlier if he won the battle earlier. It, you know, um, you know, basically he can roll a dice if he won the first battle. He can roll a dice, and on a five up, he can come in earlier. Um, when the nemesis uh, overlord comes in, they immediately become the general, and they get sort of bonuses. Uh, basically, what happens is, uh, the, if the extremist chamber won, they get a, a bonus with their star drake, uh, can do a special move to come in. Um, and the basically how the victory conditions work is, first of all, if you wipe out anybody, you win. So if you get wiped out, you lose. If you wipe the opponent out, you win. Otherwise, at the end of the fifth round of battle, if the overlord is killed, you get a major victory. If you kill the overlord and you won the last round, you get a minor victory if you kill the overlord and you lost the first round. Um, if after five turns the overlord is alive, then the nemesis wins a major victory if they won the first round, and they win a minor victory if the overlord's alive and they lost the first round. So basically, you know, it kind of they connect together and they change up kind of where they're at. Um, then it's got this weird line at the very end. It says, in any other case, the battle ends in a draw. Well, if I wipe you out, I win. If you wipe me out, you win. So that's off the table. So let's assume no wipeouts. Um, if the nemesis is uh, dead, 
I either get a major or minor victory. If the nemesis is alive, you get a major or minor victory. What other case could there possibly be? That's all I'm asking. Like, they literally says here, in any other case, the battle ends in a draw. If anyone who's listening to this can figure that out, jump on the forums and tell me, what is the other case? Because I can't figure out what any other case is where this would end up in a draw. It's just me. I get it. And maybe it's just me. But I, I don't. I I'm reading this going, well, what the? I, I sat there for a couple of minutes, like, I'm listing out all the scenarios. Going, There's no other scenario. There's no scenario here where there's a draw. Like, I just can't figure it. So, okay, whatever. Uh, let's see. After that, you get the weird uh, Sigmar time map, which is basically lots of these Doctor Who weird circles, you know, written in, written in um, Doctor Who language with all the little timelines stuff. Um, a couple of interesting, uh, you know, story drops here. Um, there is an, ex- uh, an extremist chamber that uh, helps out some fire slavers against the Skaven. Um, blah, 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 blah. They stop some ale guzzler gargants. Um, okay. Um, there was some other cool stuff in here, and I'm not certain where it is now. Uh, I like this one. Uh, seeking to draw Korn's eyes from more strategic sites, they deploy the Sable Strike Extremix Chamber of the Black Hammers to raise the Mountain of Blood, the largest tribute to the god in Gur. So apparently there's a better battle going on, but they figure they attack this and distract Korn. So they they also run, uh, run um, you know, sleight of hand distraction jobs, as well as the important ones. Um, okay, this one's interesting. Curse of a Thousand Deaths. His latest plague foiled by the arrival of an extremist chamber, the dreaded great unclean one Feculox swore to inflict a thousand deaths upon Dracothian's children to rot them even as they reincarnated. That sounds like chaos eternals to me. Just saying, just I keep seeing things pop up like that and I say, oh, okay. Um, um, the eldest of the Star Drakes learned that they could tap into the power of Sigindel, the High Star, and they could ride that energy into battle. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I like this one. Uh, this time it was not the Seraphon that arrived unlooked for to turn the tide of battle. At the Battle of the Crystal Stairs, three Slan Star Masters were trapped and would have perished were it not for the arrival of the Drake Storm Extremist Chamber. The Slan offered thanks in the Star Drake's own language. Apparently their language is hard to understand and we can't get it, but Slan, you know, Slan are bad ass. They're just too cool. So they get it. They spoke and thanked them in their own language, which I think is cool. Uh, they killed some greenskins. They killed off Clan Scab. Uh, they did some other stuff. They killed off some uh, uh, Slaneshi guys. They stopped more clan pestilence stuff. Oh, clan pestilence swore vengeance. Okay. Um, they did some cool stuff opposing Archeon. Um, I like this stuff where they opposed Archeon. Uh, oh, this is a great one. The Battle of the Night Skies. A terror flock of manticores, eternal enemies of the Star Drakes. Because manticores are awesome. And, of course, they're then the eternal enemies of the Star Drakes. Because if you need an evil thing, it's the manticore. Because you need a manticore club. 
Uh, the enemies were intercepted mid-flight by Drake's sworn Templars. It was a hard-fought battle witnessed only by the moon, although so much dark blood fell from the skies that many below predicted fell omens. Archeon awaited his aerial reinforcements, but they never arrived. Womp, womp. Too bad, Archeon. Uh, there's a great time when guys did so good, Archeon invited them to a feast, and everyone had a nice sandwich. Um or two, and then they drank a lot of unquenchable casks. Uh, blip, 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 and more star drakes, and then the ancient creatures are now clearly a dying race, and then uh, then they fought some ogors, and uh, hmm, then there was a clash that shook a mountain range. Okay, let's look at these, uh, let's look at these war scrolls. Um, once again, the Lord Celestant on a star drake, uh, he's got a couple of cool command abilities. Uh, basically, um, if you use his command ability, then all Star Drakes, Dracothian Guard, and Stormcasts, Riding Dracoths, uh, yeah, all Star Drakes, Dracothian Guard, or Stormcast Eternal Heroes, Riding Dracoths in your army, including this one, uh, until the next hero phase can reroll failed wound rolls whenever they attack with their claws, fangs, or great claws. So the actual Star Drakes and Dracoths. Uh, and Dracothian Guard. So basically any any of the beasts get to re-roll their failed-to-hit rolls when they're around the Lord Silistant. Um, is it enough to to have that dude be the uh, be the, uh, the general? I don't know, because he's supposed to stay up in the extremist chamber. Um, the Drakesworn Templar actually it seems like pretty awesome. Um, he... He's not a general, but he gives plus one to any Stormcast Eternal's bravery within 10 inches. Uh, he's got some cool weapons. Uh, the Tempest Axe seems pretty cool. Um, the Arc Hammer, if it roll a six or more to wound, uh, make two wound rolls. Uh, Storm Lance, roll a six or more to wound a monster, and then you do D6 mortal wounds instead of normal damage. That's not bad. Uh, you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, the Drake's Warren Templar is pretty good. I think that's what I'm going to build mine into eventually. Uh, and why not? Because you can just put the Lord Celestant on the Dracoth. And his command ability, uh, Lord of the Host, if he uses his ability until your next hero phase, you don't have to take battle shock tests for this model or any friendly Stormcast Eternals within 24 inches of this model at the start of the battle shock phase. So he's got a two-foot radius bubble with no battle shock tests. Um, why wouldn't you take this guy over the guy on the Star Drake? Um, he's got a three-up save and seven wounds as opposed to the other guy who's got a three-up save and 16 wounds. And, yeah, that's awesome, and the guy can fly and stuff. But I'm just thinking this guy, you know, and he's got cool weapons too. You know, it's not as good as the other guy's weapons, but it's still pretty good. Uh, the hammer, you know, um, if this model makes a charge, he makes D3 extra attacks with the hammer, which already gets three attacks with rend one damage two, so it makes six. Thunder axe, uh, add one to the attacks for each other Stormcast Eternal unit from your army within five inches. So that's weird. I mean... He is he his thunder axe already has three attacks. Uh, I suppose if you have a, a a couple of different small units, the units of you know the units of these 
these um, the dr- the Dracothian riders can be units of one. If you have little units of twos or ones, I guess, and he rides up in between them, his thunder axe could literally wind up being you know eight or nine attacks. Um, you know, hitting on threes, wounded on threes, one ren, two damage. That that could be okay. Um, I do like the lightning hammer though. Uh, hit rolls, two hit rolls of six or more. The target unit immediately takes two mortal wounds. And that's before you roll to wound. Okay. So you get three attacks in the lightning hammer. It's got the shortest range. Um, but it's uh, one ren, two damage. And if you, any unit suffers, if, if a unit suffers any mortal wounds from the lightning hammer, it's stunned and it doesn't get to pile in. That's, I like that. I like it. I'm not going to lie. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, the last one is the Storm Strike Glaive. That's uh, four attacks, uh, but it's three hits. Four is to wound, one rend, one damage. Uh, if it made a charge, it causes three damage rather than one and has rend of two rather than one. Uh, it's only on the charge, but that's that's pretty good too, considering it's just four attacks, you know, so not bad. Um and then it's also got this storm breath attack that all these Dracothians have. Um, so you get some cool. Uh, you can pick a unit and roll a dice on a four more. It's going to take D3 mortal wounds. So it's not bad. Um, they did forget in the book, they forgot to put in the uh, shield that it says he can take, the Sigmarite Thunder Shield. Uh, Thig- Sigmarite Thunder Shield is, is listed for the other characters, and it is listed in the app. Um, I actually went and just... At work, I printed out on a label thing, you know, like for like like mailer labels. I just printed out the rule, uh, and then just stick the label on the book. Um, it's basically a really simple. Um, where is it? Here it is. Um, Sigmarite Thundershield reroll save rolls of a one. If the reroll save is successful. Uh, unleashes a deafening peal, and each enemy unit within three inches suffers a mortal wound. So if you if you roll a one on your save and then re-roll that one and make a successful save, you do a mortal wound to every unit within three inches. So it's kind of weird. Uh, if you fail and then save it, you get a bonus to it. So I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, or maybe that's not it. Maybe it's... I got to double check. That is the one for the Lord Celestine on the Star Drake. Uh, it's not the one for the Tempesters. The Tempesters just reroll saves of one. Um, double check your app and check. Um, I will check that out in a moment. Right now, I just want to get to the um, the uh, the four flavors of the uh, the Dracothian Riders. Uh, you start off with the Fulminators and the Tempesters, and uh, basically, it's it's. It's pretty much all the same. Five wounds, seven bravery, three three save, ten move. Um, it's all the same until you get to, um, you know, the different different types of weapons. Um, they've all got, uh, like, uh, now it's funny. Um, the Fulminators and Tempesters, they're the lightning guys, so they have the lightning surge. So these Dracoths have a missile, a, a missile attack. Uh, when a unit is hit by lightning surge, you don't make a wound roll. Uh, the unit suffers a mortal wound or two mortal wounds if they're within three inches. So it's uh, you don't make a wound roll. It's just 
D3 attacks at a 3 plus to hit, range of 6 inches. If you hit, it takes a mortal wound. If you're within 3 inches, it takes 2 mortal wounds. So there you go. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Take it. Take the hit. Um, and that's for this. Now, the Thunder guys, they have a different kind of attack. So you have some variety. Um, I kind of like the Fulminators. I mean, it's it's interesting because they go the, the different models do go well together. They kind of try to make you want to buy a bunch of these things. Um, Fulminator special ability. You know, their their glaives. They have uh, three attacks, hitting on threes, wounded on threes, one rend, one damage. Um, but basically, you get plus one to any save rolls during the shooting phase because it's kind of like what is it the old. Um, what is it? The Swordmaster's rule, where they could, they could, you know, if you're shooting at them, they can use their glaives to take down the shots you're taking at them. So they get that, and they're riding in front, taking down the shots. Um, the Tempesters behind them, their ability, and I don't quite get this ability. Um, they have, um, they have war blades, and their war blades they get uh, three attacks, three to hit, four to wound damage. One, they've got the crossbows. The Volley Storm crossbows, four attacks, three to hit, four to wound. Um, but then they have this thing called Disruptive Fire. Um, okay, at the start of your shooting phase, you can declare that this unit will concentrate its fire on an enemy unit within 12 inches. All models from this unit must attack that unit with their Volley Storm crossbows. Uh, uh, is there any time where you're going to attack where they don't? I mean, I, I mean... Okay, maybe I'm dumb because I don't play that often, but can you split up your units, shots between multiple units? I guess maybe you can. I missed it. But if everybody does that, then until your next hero phase, your opponent must subtract one from the results of any hit rolls made for that unit. So if, if I'm within 12 inches of a unit and I decide to shoot at that unit with all of my Volley Storm crossbows, they're at minus one to hit until the start of my next turn. That's pretty good. Like, that is that is pretty good. Um, so we'll see. You know, I don't know. Maybe I misread it or maybe I'm just being dumb. But uh, I thought that was pretty good. So, uh, oh, here we go. Lord Celestant on Drakoth. Sigmarite. Thunder Shield. Yep, he gets it too. Lord Celestant on Dracoth. He gets the cool thing, not just the reroll of ones, but it does the thing. All right, good. Now let's get to the last two guys. Okay. Uh, concussors and Desolators. They're in the lightning came through. Now we got the thunder. And so they don't get the lightning thing. They get the storm blast. They spit devastating bolts of lightning. Um, their range of the storm blast is 12 inch. When a unit is hit, they get uh, one attack on a four up. When it's hit with a storm blast, you don't make a wound roll. Uh, that unit just takes D3 mortal wounds. So you just hit, and they're taking mortal wounds. It's, it's you know I'll take that. Every one of these guys gets one. You got a unit of two. It's two attacks. You know you're gonna hit with at least one of them. You're doing mortal wounds. Now, these guys have lightning hammers and thunder axes. Lightning hammers have the thunder strike. Uh, roll a six or more. It makes a mortal wound, and, and, and on top of the damage it causes and they don't get to pile in just like before like you know basically these are the weapons that the got that your your characters can take except each of these guys takes one specific weapon i got to say 
they do each serve a purpose. I kind of like the guys that with the hammers. Um, the problem is I don't like the look of the hammers as much as I like the look of some of the other weapons. <laughs> but just doing that where if a unit suffers any more, any to hit rolls of six, I mean, these guys got three attacks apiece. You know, two guys attacking, I got a decent chance of rolling one six. These guys don't know. The guys I just hit now, no, they don't get to pile in. That's, that's a big deal. I like that big deal. Um, I think that's kind of awesome. Uh, literally, the last thing is the guys with the thunder axes. Uh, theirs is different. Lightning crackles between the heads of the desolator axes. Okay, they get three attacks normally. Uh, fours to hit, threes to wound, one ren, two damage. Uh, they get four attacks if there's at least four models in the group, and they get six attack if there's six models in the unit. So basically, the more you buy, the more attacks you get. Um, but that is, that's a lot. I mean, literally, you get a big unit of these guys and you double your attacks. Um, that is a big unit, though. Six of these guys is a huge unit. But that is also well, suddenly, suddenly that unit has 36 attacks if they're all reaching with their thunder axes. Of course, as soon as one of them's killed, then five guys go down to 20 attacks. Four guys, 16. Once you get down to under those four guys, then you're down to nine attacks. Um, so, I don't know. Um, maybe it's worth it. Maybe it's not. I do like the hammers. I like they're not piling in. Um, the, the minus one to hit when shooting, it's good. But they're already on threes to save. If you got a smaller unit, you got them on a piece of terrain. They're at twos to save. Basically, no one's going to shoot at them. I think is the thing. You shoot at something else. So I don't know if I'm. I don't know about those guys. Uh, the guys with the crossbow is not bad. Um, minus one to hit rolls for the rest of the, till the start of my next turn is a cool thing, especially something um, that maybe has a crummier attack. Or maybe something that has a good attack. I just don't want it to hit me as often, you know. Um, but I'm, I, I think, even though I think uh, I'm, I'm least impressed with the hammer, maybe that's because I'm painting all these liberators and I'm just painting tons and tons of hammers. Uh, and I like some of the other weapons. So the concussors might be my least favorite model, but I think they have my favorite, uh, my favorite use so far as an attack. All right. So let's, uh, you know what? Um, last quick break. Um, just because I need to, I need to take a quick break here and, uh, we're going to come back and we're going to wrap up the show talking with, about the, uh, the couple of battalions that they have and, uh, then we'll wrap it up and be done and you can get back to doing whatever it was you were doing. Uh, all right. Check out that guy in the garage hammer shirt. Who cares about him? Look at that guy with the garage hammer hoodie. That's right, guys. Nothing tells the ladies I'm one of the gaming elite like garage wear. So hurry to garagehammer.net slash store, and soon you'll be the guy at game night that all the gamer chicks are talking about. Remember, boys, first you get your gear, then you win all your games, then you get the chicks. That's right, boys. The only gamers we notice are in Garage Gear. 
Last segment. Gonna wrap it up now. Finally. Well, this is hard to do when it's just me yapping at you guys for all this time. You're probably getting sick of hearing me going, oh, please have a guest next time. You suck. I don't I know it. All right. At least I'm not swallowing or anything, you know. But uh, who said that? I can't even blame anybody. I'm the only guy here. God bless America. All right. Uh, Drake's Horn Temple. Temple. The Drake's Horn Temple is your first battalion. It's three Drake's Horn Templars. So for $420 American, you can have a Drake's Horn Temple. Um, it's so th- three of these guys, basically. Um, and they get two cool abilities. Um, I got to say, not all that impressed. Uh, one is a Nova Surge. You get all three of them within 10 inches of each other, and then you can roll a dice in your hero phase. If they're all within 10 inches of each other, uh, roll a dice. Each unit within that many inches of any of them is caught in the surge. Stormcast Eternal units heal D3 wounds. Enemy units suffer D3 mortal wounds. So you can heal wounds to a unit that is hurting. Um... And you can take wounds off units that are not yours. Um, I mean, it's good. Uh, I don't know if I'd want to have three of these guys on the table just to do that. Uh, and then the last thing is the imposing presence. Um, as long as there's at least two of these things on the table, take one away from the bravery of any enemy units within 10 inches of them. So as long as there's two of these things on the table, Minus one bravery to anything within 10 inches of them. That's the whole battalion. Ho-hum. Next one. Um, and, I mean, and they make sense. The next one is the Lightning Echelon Battalion. Let me take a, take a guess what it is. Take a guess. You're right. Well, it's like a Dora episode right there. Take a guess. What was that? Did you say Fulminators and Tempesters? Two units each? You're right! Uh, so yeah, you take two units of Fulminators and two units of Tempesters, which literally, since the unit can be any size, um, you could have two Fulminators and two Tempesters. Um, they have two abilities. Um, basically, <laughs> they ride in close formation, you know, because that remember, the Fulminators ride in front of the Tempesters, so... Add one to the any save rolls you make for Tempester units that are within two inches of any Fulminators from the same battalion. So if you got a Tempester unit from a Lightning Echelon within two units, two inches of any Fulminators from the same battalion, uh, it doesn't have to be behind them. It doesn't say that, but you know that's how it described them writing the battle. So as long as you keep one within two inches of the other, they get uh, plus one of their save rolls. So then they're saving on a 2+. plus. That's actually pretty good. Uh, lightning Echelons are known for their devastating charges. And here's the other thing they get, basically. Um, and this is once per battle. In the charge phase, they can make a line breaker charge. And here, this is how this works. You charge, okay? Each model in the battalion that has already charged in this phase inflicts a mortal wound on a unit within a half inch of it. So you have to you get within a half inch. That's a successful charge, right? So you do your charge, all your units charge, 
anyone in the lightning echelon, which is your two units of fulminators and your two units of temp- tempesters. So these four units charge. All of them are successful. So you can do basically up to four mortal wounds. Or actually more than that because minimum four mortal wounds. Because if there's more than one unit within a half inch, that each unit's going to get it. Um, each model in the battalion that is already charged inflicts a mortal wound on a unit within half inch of it. So each model inflicts a mortal wound on a unit within half inch of it. Hmm, that's pretty good. Okay, so each model is going to do it. So there you go, blah blah blah. They're all doing a mortal wound. Then they charge again, even if it's already charged and can pass through enemy models when it's done so. So here's that busting through the enemy lines thing. I charge. I hit your screening unit. I got two units of each. Let's say two units of two fulminators. I got four fulminators and I got four tempesters. All of them complete their charge. So I do eight mortal wounds to these units, right? Um, Possibly more if I get, I mean, it says it does it to each unit within a half inch of it. If I get a guy up and there's, you know, two units real close and I can get him into within a half an inch of each unit, he would do one to each unit. So possibly more. Only a couple, but, you know, whatever. Um, then I can charge again and charge right through that unit and get the unit behind it that I really want to get to. So that's actually kind of a cool ability. Um, you can't necessarily screen your units with a junk unit. Uh, once a game, I can just charge through your screen units, do a couple mortal wounds, and then just keep flying through to get to the guys in the back. Um, so I kind of like the lightning e- echelon. Um that's pretty cool. Then you get the Thunderwave Echelon, which is your other one. I'll give you three guesses. Hey, everybody, guess what's in the Thunderwave Echelon? What was that? Two concu- units of concussors and two desolators. You're right. So let's see. So two units of concussors, two units of desolators, basically the same thing as the lightning, except now you had the lightning, now you got the thunder. I think you're seeing where this is going. You guys are a smart group of audience. Of course you are. You're listening to this show. So let's see. First skill is ride the annihilators. This is a poorly worded uh, ability. I had to read it twice. And I know I'm pulling the English teacher grammar Nazi here, but I'm going to pull the English teacher grammar Nazi here. I'm going to read this to you. Uh, they revel in riding down their foe. Okay, the warriors of a Thunderwave echelon revel in riding down the foe with hammer and axe, running down any in reach and breaking the spirit of those that survive, period. So far, so good. Each time a model flees from an enemy unit that is within three inches of a unit from a Thunderwave echelon, roll the dice. On a result of five or six, another model from the same unit is run down and removed from play. So on a five or six, if they're fleeing, so if you decide to to flee, you know, um, um, and I'm assuming that's retreating? Uh, Or is that just during a battle shock? I don't know. Um, That's one question. But listen to what it says here. Each time a model flees from an enemy unit that is within three inches of a unit from a Thunderwave echelon. So if I have an enemy unit within three inches of the Thunderwave echelon and a model flees from an enemy unit. So it's literally saying, now I know what it means, but that's not what it says. Rules has written 
the only people fleeing from an enemy unit are my guys. So if my guys run away from an enemy near me, I run them down. Like, what is that? No cowards in our unit. Die. That's dumb. That's not what it means. The, the word flee is in the wrong damn place. Okay. Each time a model from an enemy unit that is within three inches of a thunder wave echelon flees, roll a dice. Okay. That's what it means. Each time a model from an enemy unit that is within three inches of a thunder wave echelon flees, roll the dice. So, because yeah, why would you attack your own people? But that's literally what it says, because it says it flees from an enemy unit. I mean, grammatically, I know I'm being a dick. Yes, I'm being a dick. But this is where it's just, this is bad grammar. And you're from England. You, this is your language. We took it from you. I mean, you know, we came here, we, we, we adopted it. We made up a lot of slang. We talked poorly. We, we, lo- we, we dropped all the U's from color and armor and odor. Um, and, and, and basically thumb our noses at you. But this is bad grammar. This is why we do this. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it is kind of cool. If they flee, you get to uh, roll a Dyson on a five or six. Um, you, they lose another model. It's not a huge, it's not a huge uh, thing, but it's... Uh, it's um it's cool. It's uh Yeah, it's fleeing. So that is battle shock cuz that that's the ones that must flee. So basically if if you fail the battle shock test and guys are fleeing, I roll a dice and on a 5 or 6, you lose another guy. It's it's not huge. It's not great. It's not nearly as good as that cool line breaker. But it's something. It would be cooler if I didn't have to read it twice to understand it. Whatever. Um, and the last one is the ruinous assault, and uh, this one, uh, they follow in the wake of the lightning echelon, targeting units one at a time and destroying them utterly. Once per battle, in the combat phase, they can make a ruinous assault. I like this part. Uh, basically, each unit in the battalion can immediately pile in and attack again in the order of your choice. So... Uh, once per battle in the combat phase, I can make a ruinous assault. So we can go through and, and do the, 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 the combat phase, and then as that's getting over, I can just be like, I think I'm going to do my ruinous assault now. And that's a good thing just to hold off, watch how that battle goes, and when it's important, pull it out. Everybody, each unit in this battalion can immediately pile in an attack again in an order of my choice. So, yeah, that's that can be brutal because you got four units that are getting uh, an, another pile in an attack with all of those attacks because there's a lot of attacks with these models. So that's cool. And the last uh, battalion <laughs> war scroll is a uh, war scroll battalion is the extremist chamber. Now take a guess what that is. Um, it's the Drake's Horn Temple. So you got you got your first battalion the uh war scroll the three the three star drakes you got your lightning echelon so your two units of the two types so four units of those guys total and you got your thunder wave echelon the four units of those guys on top of that one lord celestant on a star drake or one lord celestant on a dracoth so basically the whole kit and the caboodle. Um, I'm taking the guy in the Drakoth because, once again, they've already told me the Lord and the Star Drake is supposed to stay home. 
and train them up in the place. And he only comes down when he's really necessary. And I play fluff games, so he's never going to be necessary. So um, these abilities, let's see. Born by the High Star. Instead of setting up a unit on the battlefield, you can place it to one side and say it's riding the High Star Sigendal. Uh, in any of your movement phases, you can transport all units that are riding the star to the battlefield. When you do so, place a die anywhere on the battlefield to show the epicenter of the star blast. Set up each of the transported units within 20 inches of the dice and more than 6 inches from the enemy. This is their move for that movement phase. Then, roll a die for each enemy unit within 15 inches of the dice. On a result of 4 or more, it takes D3 mortal wounds from the furious impact. That's not bad. Keep them off to the sides. <laughs> I'm going to ride the lightning. So I like that. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, the other one is Celestial Terror. The arrival of an extremist chamber on the battlefield is a portent of doom for any who stand against the Stormcast or their allies. If your opponent makes a Battleshock test for an enemy unit that is within three inches of two or more units from an extremist chamber, they must roll two dice and use the highest result. So... You've got uh, two, four, six, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve units on the table. Because each, you got the Lord Celestine is one unit. Each of the Star Drakes is a unit, and then you got uh, four units from each Esalon. So, twelve units on the table. You can get within three inches of two or more, um, and you're going to be attacking probably in unison. So, and especially to keep those their mini battalion rules going um yeah so then the battle shock tests get even worse so that's it that's the book um all by my lonesome covered it all uh probably should have hit the high points a little more but i don't know i was having fun talking through it and sort of flipping through the book and looking at stuff um i don't know i like the book but i like the stormcast eternals i really do they i'm sold on them i know I know not everybody is. I am. They're, uh, and not just because they're the new shiny. I just like them. I like the good guys. And they're, I, I don't know. Um, the book's not bad. It gave me what I needed for this army. Um, the fluff's not bad. It's pretty cool. There's a few things I'm asking, I'm wondering about, giving me questions. Um, I hope this is not a portent of chaos eternals or uh, three more books coming in rapid succession for those chambers that weren't yet opened save it don't blow your 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 load uh of books right away gw let's save some stories for the next couple of years because you've got plenty of time to tell it let's have some that order book is coming out probably as a lot of you are reading this you're seeing the order book is coming out let's uh let's let's have some of that stuff come out next i'm just you know if you're listening to me at all, that's what you should do. Take it from me. I have the pulse of the community. And it's uh, that's that's what the pulse is saying. It's in Morse code, and it's saying that. So anyway, um, thanks for listening. Next episode, um, we're going to have some stuff live from Adepticon. I have no idea if it's going to be a long episode or a short episode. It depends on how the interviewing goes. Uh, I think I'm going to have on... Uh, Dan and Wayne from uh, from uh, Healing Hammer. Um, I'm definitely going to see them because I got to give them them Girl Scout cookies and get my jelly babies. 
Mm, jelly babies. I love jelly babies. It's wonderful. They're so tasty. Um, so we're going to trade up jelly babies, and uh, I'm going to bring the equipment. So we'll do a little recording, hopefully on uh, Friday night or Saturday night. Uh, that might be the whole thing. If I can get somebody else on, um, you know, cool. But if not, I'm not going to. Guys, I'm going there to have fun and hang out with my friends. Um, I like to record with Dan and Wayne because it's fun. Um, and they're cool to have on the show. But really, I just want to go and hang out with uh, Rotor and Brasca and uh, see Chris Yu and uh, some of my other friends who I don't get to see too often. Um, see some of the sponsors. Um, I'm going to be picking up some prizes. I know that I got coming from Mantic for the uh, the uh, painting challenge from last year so I can give out some prizes and uh, stuff like that. So um, we'll see what happens. But um, I will see you guys in two weeks with some Adepticon coverage. And then when we come back after that, I don't know. Uh, maybe Fire Slayers. I should have time to have read it by then. I hope I've had time to read it by then. I got to read No Country for Old Men for my students, and we got to cover that. So, um, yeah, No Country for Old Men. If I got time, then uh, Fire Slayers. Because uh, I like them. They're cool. Um, but that's that. I guess you should wrap it up. Uh, a review on iTunes would be nice. I don't. <laughs> they say it helps. I don't know how. Um, people either find the show or they don't. It's cool. Um, but if you want to leave a review on iTunes, I do appreciate it. I do read them. I do like them. Um, hey, join the forums. Oh, 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 contest. Um, contest. So I am going to be wrapping up and, and giving out some prizes for the uh, uh, painting contest. I know it ended a while ago, um, but we just got the forums up and people have, I've given people time to put up their, their, their stuff. So I'm going to give out some, some prizes for that. Um, we are getting the uh, Patreon up uh, soon. Uh, for people who've asked about that, uh, if you want to help out the show through Patreon, that's really cool. We are going to have some bonuses and prizes for people who want to want to give and, and give a little more. Uh, that's really cool too. Um, so um, th we're gonna we're, we're looking for uh, music for the show. Um, gonna be uh, dropping uh, a lot of the other stuff. We're gonna try to keep it simple with just one or two pieces of music. Uh, it, it's, I, I spent a lot of time looking for and doing that stuff and trying to keep it fresh and it's just a big honking pain in my butt. Um, so if you know anyone who has, who, who is musically inclined or if you're musically inclined, um, want to put together some instrumental music for a theme for the show or for commercial breaks for the show, uh, want to send it in something we could use. That's cool. Um, that would be great. Um, we're going to have a contest also, um, uh, secondary sort of stuff, uh, backup sort of stuff. Maybe you just uh, have uh, a line on some royalty-free, free-for-use uh, stuff that you think would be fantastic for the show. Um, I'm going to put up a contest thread on the forums. All you got to do is join. And uh, just put up the link there. And as long as it is royalty-free and stuff like that, we got to keep it that way. Um, you know, people want to let us use their stuff. Uh, that's fantastic. Um, get that stuff here. Help me find this stuff so I can sort of clean it up. I'd like to get all that stuff up within the next few episodes. I'd like to buy, by episode 150, I'd like to get this, uh, set and, in, in, uh, in sort of this new, new phase, new age of the show. 
as we start reaching our next little milestone here. Um, and I know crap about music and how to find all that stuff. So if you want to help me, I will give you stuff for it. Um, that's how this works. Um, so that's the contest. Go look on the forum thread. By the way, signing up for the forums. Um, I got a lot of people signing up for the forums. I'm getting a few emails from people saying, hey, I'm signing up. I haven't been approved yet. I'm not a, I'm not a spam bot. I'm not one of these uh, spammers from, from, from Russia because all of them seem to be coming from Russia. Um, do me a favor, guys, if you're still listening here, uh, especially for those of you who have uh, names that are just a bunch of weird characters with a bunch of numbers at the end, like most of the weird Russian spammers those are that's what their that's what their sign-on names they choose look like like if you pick like uh you know sigmar's bust buddy as your sign-on name like i'm pretty certain you're like into warhammer you know uh, stuff like that you know you know you know mr ogre guy you know that type of stuff you know i get it but if you're like jjp273621 like you know uh, eh. Uh, dude, send me an email. Seriously, garagehammeratlive.com. Send me an email. Let me know that you are legit, especially some of these people, because I'm getting some of you guys are sending me stuff, and you're you're using weird throwaway generic emails, and almost all of those that I've gone that I've let through are spammers. Like if you're not using a legit email account, you're using one of these throwaway email, no spam, totally disposable, bizarro email places. Like those have all been spammers, except for the guy who wrote me and said, "Dude, I'm honestly not a spammer. This is just what I use," and I let him in, and it's all good now. Um, but if you have signed up for the forums and haven't gotten approved, send me an email, and I will approve you. Include in the email what your username is, or maybe send it from the email address that you signed up with. So at least I have that. If you just send me, be like, dude, I signed up for your e for your forum. Let me in, and it's not it didn't come from the email you signed up with, and you didn't put your username. Then I'm confused. Um, I don't know what to do with that information because um, I'm not a mind reader. I'm a Jedi, and I'm Batman, but I'm not a mind reader. Sometimes I'm Popeye, um, but I'm not a mind reader. So there you go. <sighs> Rant over. Show over. Go do something. Something constructive. Um, go out get in, Go out and go into the sunlight. Um, I'm going to Adepticon. I'm leaving. Uh, in fact, if this is going up, it's probably Thursday, which means I'm up late. Uh, I'm putting together the last of my um, uh, objective tokens because it's <laughs> flipping Wednesday night, and I'm looking at them thinking I should start because this is just how much I don't care at the moment. Um, but I'm going to Adepticon. I'm leaving, like, shortly, because I'm going to hang out with my friends, going to have a good time, walk around, use my Fitbit, get my steps in. Um, very happy. Um, going to show off my new, my new girlish figure. I'm down uh, 40 pounds, folks, since November. Uh, walking and eating less and... Uh, Hitting the damned rowing machine 40 minutes a day, rowing about 8 to 10 kilometers a day, um, five days a week. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm excited to go out and uh, see my friends that I haven't seen in a while. Hopefully they'll notice because that's only like 10% of my body weight, really, just over 10% of my body weight. And so 
they may not notice, which would make me sad because when you lose that much and nobody notices, you're like, damn, I am fat. Um, so, but hey, what are you going to do? Um, that's it. So I'm out. I'll see you guys after Adepticon. And please, please don't forget that only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall. And only the faithful know no despair except in failure. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you like the show, we invite you to join the Garage Hammer community by joining our forums at garagehammer.net slash forum or our Facebook page, Garage Hammer Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter. Follow David at Garage Hammer and follow Chris at Topher Chris U. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach David through David at garagehammer.net. You can reach me, that's Chris, through Chris U at garagehammer.net. And you can reach both of us through garagehammer at live.com. If you want to help support Garage Hammer, check the support page or the show store on our website, or leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening.